0: Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday. It's already February 21st, 2024, and you're listening to episode number 637. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer.
2: Belated happy birthday, Chris. Is that why you're not here? Probably. Too much. Yeah.
1: much. Too much what partying. Joey Brachino is also in the house. What's up, gang? <laughs> He's back, ladies and gentlemen. I have returned. <laughs> Aaron Amos is here.
3: Putting in business all in the streets.
1: That's right. John Burkle is also in the house. I'm here. Let's go. Wow. That energy. Crackling. <laughs>
4: but Joey's and back. Joey's back. We got to talk cable. Let's
1: back, go. No, Back again for more, more abuse uh, to hang out with us is our dear friend, Mr. Jeremy Whitley. Hello, Ooh. sir.
0: Me! (laughs) Perfect. Iconic.
1: Iconic. So we've got Jeremy with us uh, for a little while at the top of the show. We're going to talk to him about his new book. And uh, then we've got some lightning rounds for you. And you just know that this is going to be the Madam Web review episode. Many of us have seen it. We will discuss... It's going to be... Saucy. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not holding back. Academy Award winning Madame. i not back.
5: Really looking forward to the prequel, Mademoiselle Webb. Oh.
1: <laughs>
5: Miss Webb.
1: All right. If you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. So, Jeremy, you have got a new graphic novel coming out called The Cold Ever After. I do. You do. <laughs> uh so written by you with art by Megan Huang. Yep. Uh let's see. Can you tell us the origin story of the Cold Ever After? Because I know that you sent me preview pages, but that was a long time ago. So, oh, like, yeah. what's been what's been cooking? How did this come about? Tell us about it.
5: Uh so this started out as uh I, I had just been doing a long series of of work for higher things, doing you know things at Marvel and things at IDW, and I was just like, I just want to do something different my own thing and uh i I didn't have an idea off the top of my head and i was like i want to try putting together like stuff that i love and stories that i've never seen and uh you know i I love a good like arthurian legend kind of story with you know the, the court intrigue and the monsters and all of that but i also love like a a good uh noir detective story and i was like what if i found a way to put like these two things together you know have that sort of like disgraced knight coming in, having this problem that only they can solve. Um, And that's sort of like the origin of, of where I started with this story is, uh, you know, I I wanted it to be sort of this queer Arthurian noir of this, you know, this woman who's this, who, you know, was sort of raised to be this champion of, of the kingdom who, uh, you know, went off and and rescued the queen and in doing so fell in love with the queen and uh, had this, sort of torrid affair behind the scenes that ended up getting her, you know, booted from the court and uh exiled for all these years. And then sort of the uh, when we're at the beginning of the story, that's sort of where we pick up is that she's been out of the court for like 16 years at this point. Uh it's been sort of off on on the island she's from drinking and not dealing with any of this stuff. And the uh she receives word that the the queen is coming to uh to retrieve her because the uh, the princess has been kidnapped and, uh, you know, she helped basically raise the princess as her own, uh, like her own kid. And uh, so, you know, she, the queen needs her help. She's the only one she trusts and all of the, uh, the stuff going on inside the court to have her back and actually find the princess.
1: I love it. Um, I don't want to say too much just yet because I have read this from beginning to end. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh when did you first think of this idea? Like which characters did you develop first? What was the what was the domino that got pushed for all this stuff?
5: Um I think really it's it started with uh Noelani, who's the, the main character in the story. because um, I, I wanted to have this, you know, uh character who who when you come in seems unlikable and gruff and like they have lots of issues and then you know it has sort of that that moment at the beginning where uh you know it's like oh actually they they can handle themselves they're they're pretty tough um but then like you know they they sort of get these the series of things thrown at her i was like i i was i really wanted to give her that feeling of, of not just like uh, a noir hero but a lot like um like jack nicholson in chinatown where like she very rarely actually wins. <laughs> she just, you know, really, she gets her ass beat repeatedly and, you know, is is both both physically and emotionally. And is, you know, just sort of the she's enough of the type of person to stick with it because she she cares about you know the missing princess to to keep weathering all these uh horrible things that are happening to her.
1: Nice. Now you mentioned uh Noelani, which I think is a fantastic name. One of the things that I really loved about this story was the namings that you had for all these different characters how did you choose the names
5: uh well with Noelani, uh what i wanted to do was there's so much like of this this fiction that is i mean it's just that it's fiction where you know we have these these characters that are all sort of they all have these very europeanized names or you know names that are meant to sound like some language that that's made up and I was like i want i wanted to have this sort of imperialistic religious force as part of this this story of you know the church that sort of come in and uh has been part of this empire that sort of ruined things and messed things up and i was like well i think like that is a story that is is in a lot of ways very true to the history of like uh you know the of the Pacific islands and, and the cultures there and to have a character who, you know, is representative of, you know, sort of the the people who've been through that in real life, but also has sort of this, you know, fantasy version that we're seeing that uh, gets gets plucked up to be chosen to be part of this thing. that um, seems like an honor at the time. And, you know, the sort of deeper you get into it, the more it seems like really wasn't that wasn't that great of a deal. And also maybe the people she's working for are the worst.
1: well you do have multiple villains running around throughout this story at least three by my count who are pretty heinous uh we can get into them in a little bit but um another thing that i love i love a good fight sequence and there are epic fights throughout the story but there's one in particular at the start of the novel that is truly epic i think i don't know if i've asked you this before because you've definitely written action um, but can you bring us through the pro like the writing process for scenes like this? Because there is a lot happening. There is a lot of like choreography. Do you script the panels on, and like and make notes, or you just turn Megan loose?
5: Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, I think like I I tend to like say, all right, this this is the idea I have for how I want this to work. Like I, I want it to be brutal, and I think there will be sequences where I'm like, this is. This is how I see it going down. And I think in the first fight scene, there's a bit where she's, you know, she is unarmored basically with uh, you know, with a traditional weapon, fighting two like fully armored knights and uh, you know, with swords and everything, where I was just like, I want her to sort of come at this in a way that she is just like absolutely destroying these two. Like they don't have a chance. Uh they're you know, she's way outgunned basically at this point, uh, with without guns but that like, that's what I want to establish going in is that, you know, she is an, this much of a badass. So I was like, uh, I had sort of these ideas of, of how I wanted that to happen. And usually what I'll say is like, this is sort of like where I want this to start and this is where I want this to end. And we've got maybe a couple of points to hit through here. But uh, I think in a lot of cases, it's it's fun to like turn your artist loose a little bit and be like, this is what I had in mind. If you like something else better, if there's something you feel like works more here, then like go wild.
1: So you don't do like have have them jump over a table, have them pick this up off the counter and smash it against their head. Like you just let it happen.
5: Um, I'll do a little bit of both. Usually, I'll be like, you know, this is this is how I picture it going. Like in that case, I was like, I I want her to like, you know. Just go for this person's hand, like hit hit the hand with this, what's basically a spiked club, and like, um, you know, then uh, then DDT them into the floor, um, you know, and you know, I, I love to throw a little bit of like pro wrestling in there as well, like you know stuff that, <laughs> uh, stuff that, you know, in a, in pro wrestlers like they go through this thing like eight times a match and they're fine, but in real life, if somebody were to like drop you head first onto a, a onto a floor.
6: I clocked that DDT in that fight scene. (laughs) I was like, I see you, Jeremy. Yeah.
5: Yeah, but um, that's a lot of fun. So I I wanted to, like, that first fight scene, I wanted to make sure, like, we got the idea of of just how tough she is, how good she is at fighting, uh, but also that she has maybe lost a step because she does absolutely get rocked when, you know, the the knight in charge shows up. (laughs) Somebody who she trained
1: yeah it's, yeah you yeah know,
5: been training in all this time that she has been not training and, and drinking more than anything
1: so megan and you have worked before you work together on princeless so you have a, you have this existing working relationship but whenever a new project comes along there's always i would imagine some kind of an evolution of your your friendship your working relationship were was there anything different about working together on this project or was it just like old times
5: I, I think the biggest difference is that, like you were saying, it was a long-term was a long thing. Uh, because, you know, we, we sort of did the pitch pages not too long after we finished that issue of Princeless. And uh, we were sort of shopping it around for a, a few years. Um, I think uh, about the time that I, I hooked up with, with Mo, my agent, uh, you know, I, that was one of those things that I was like, here, I've been carrying this around forever. You Can you find somewhere for us to to do this. And uh, we, we got picked up at a publisher and they were like, okay, now, you know, now it's a question of drawing these 200 pages. <laughs> Cause like, that is obviously that is a lot easier for me to write than it is for an artist to draw 200 pages. That's a, yeah, for know, sure. uh, a multi-year engagement uh, for them. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a long process and then plotting out something like that and figuring out how to do that much work and how to keep communicating and keep things moving throughout there is uh I think that's the real difficult part about doing a graphic novel as compared to, you know, comics where you know, ideally it's, it's all done within a month or a few months and, you know, per issue.
1: Did you learn anything new throughout the process? I have to imagine that each one of these, especially the larger projects like new challenges come around whether it's through the publisher or through the creative process was there anything that stands out throughout the 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 journey of making this um that's an interesting
5: one man (laughs) yeah i think like we we had some issues with this one because the the first um we had a publisher that was was going to do this and because it was such a long process you know in the midst of all that uh i'm still not even sure exactly what happened but it sort of fell apart with that publisher and uh you know we ended up with almost all of a graphic novel done looking for a publisher um and that's a that is a much easier process shopping around an almost done graphic novel than <laughs> starting around shopping around a just started graphic novel um mm-hmm. yeah because it's much easier to say like this is what we want to do here is 80 percent of it um <laughs> <laughs> to say this is what we want to do here are five pages so um, what
1: happens i'm sorry go ahead yeah. What happens when you have something like that where it's like 80% done, you're shopping it around and they come back to you and they're like we love it, we want to do this except and then they ask you to change something that you feel is like monumental. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah,
5: I've I've had that happen on a couple of things. Um even things that aren't, you know, maybe that far along. Um you know, this this initially one of the stumbling blocks with this story is because it is uh because you know, the main relationship in the story is a queer relationship because uh, it's two women. There's a lot of like, not hesitation from our, our initial publisher, but like they're a publisher that, that prints overseas and prints in China. And they, you know, there were some things that they were like, Hey, if we, if we keep this in the book, it's not going to get printed. um And that's, that's a tough thing because like, you know at that point it's not it's not even a, a stand necessarily that our publisher is taking, but uh, just the sort of like reality of of getting things done. So like that means going with a different you know printer at that point, which would mean like a, a much more inflated cost for you know what the what the book is going to cost to make. Um, so you know I, I think fortunately we ended up making this switch and you know Titan doesn't have that issue. Um, so, you know, everything, everything basically, uh, came in how it was supposed to, that I think did force me to like figure out what stuff was in there that I, th- I knew like really needed to be there and what stuff I was like, oh, this is, you know, uh, this is more me trying to like push the envelope than anything. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm happy with, with where we ended up there. Um. But it's it's uh it's very it's a very interesting like thing to to figure out because I've also had you know other other work where you know I've I've gotten a note back from somebody when they're looking at the pitch and they're like well uh, I I think there was one instance when uh, I was first shopping around or when we were first shopping around uh, school for extraterrestrial girls that uh, a publisher that we pitched to was like we really like the story we don't really like Jamie's art. If, you know, you want to bring it to us and get a different artist, then, um, you know, we might be interested. And I was like, no, no, not a. Yeah. I don't think so. That's not an option. Like Jamie's part of this book. Uh, you, you get both of us or you get none of us. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, as an easy choice. Like. Oh, absolutely. Jamie and he brings so much of the personality of that book to the book um, that like the idea of, of going with somebody else at the point that, you know, He'd already designed those characters and everything was was never an option.
1: I've hung out with that dude a couple of times. I can't even imagine that that conversation ever taking place.
5: <laughs> yeah, Jamie Noguchi is is the greatest, and I mean, I know like I'm sure there's not there's some people you know for whom his his style is not their thing. I think that's true of every every good artist. But like, yeah, there was there was no point where I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I could do that. <laughs>
1: Do you have to, like, watch the... um, Because this is a little bit more mature than, like, some of your other stuff. Oh, absolutely. So do you have to, like, keep track or watch the levels of, like, profanity or nudity or intimacy or anything like that? Was that a concern for you when you were making this?
0: Um,
5: I think it's... Honestly, I think it was more a concern for my agent than it ever was for me. Um, Where... You know, I, I think I, I turned it in my initial draft of it I think was a was a bit dirtier than than what we ended up, you know, uh putting together. Um but I think Mo rightfully guided me as to like, hey, you know, you can you're an artist, you can make whatever you want, but like you need to, you know, recognize that your best, you know, your best piece of work is going to be associated with your worst piece of work, your most mature piece of work is going to be associated with your you know, most kid friendly piece of work. So like, you know, if you're if you're doing something, you know, do it for a reason. Do it because it's important to you, not because uh you know you, you think that's a, a beat that'll win somebody over or you know, be uh or just to be extreme. Um, you know, I, I think that was a couple points with this book where we were where I ended like like all right, but how important is it to uh you know like, where do I cut away in a, a scene like this? Because there is definitely, like, there's violence and nudity and stuff on a level that uh, certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't be in place in Princeless or Wasp or uh, School for Extraterrestrial Girls, but, like, uh, you know, is, is more in line with what you might expect from a noir film. Um, and, you know, I think just uh, keeping in mind that stuff like that you always, you always want to do for a reason and keeping in mind that it will have an effect on, your other work and the way your other work is perceived, regardless of how fair that actually is.
1: Right on.
2: I have uh, but, a related question ahead, to Bob. that. Yeah. In that you, you, you are telling a mature story here with violence and language and so on, but yet the art style is very sort of YA. It's an interesting combo in the same way we, we, we've talked about the uh, book Assassination, Mm-hmm. Uh, some about Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson where the people getting their heads blown off but it's it's drawn like Squirrel Girl so how in, in choosing your story and artist in this case was that a conscious choice that it would leaven some of the harder edges
5: yeah I think um, I have I don't know I have mixed feelings in some regard about um, what style's can and can't be used at at various levels. And and, I mean, I think there are some, there are some cases where there are styles that I don't think work particularly well, but I'm, I'm always been a person when it comes to comics, especially that I'm a fan of cartooning of, you know, being able to stretch and squish and like really give weight to, you know, emotions and facial expressions and things like that Mm -hmm. in stories that I, I do think it should have a certain sort of theatrical level of, uh, of reality of you know sort of over the top in some ways um, so I think you know in, in this case I really like what drew me to to Megan for this in the first place because I, I just love the like brightness and and uh, fluidity of the, the way she does action um, the way that the action scenes feel and I think adding a level of, of brutality to that was like it feels sort of natural in the way that you know watching a, a kung fu movie like you know on bach or um you know any any good kung fu movie feels where mm-hmm. like it's fun to watch but also like every once in a while somebody gets somebody gets killed somebody gets hit <laughs> hard and you're like oh yeah. man <laughs> and like uh, that's that's the effect i wanted people to feel like as they were reading the book that like there are hits that that really land there's a a, a punch in the first like uh, fight that uh, that she's having where like you just like I feel like the way that Megan is drawn it it feels so so painful it feels like what it's like to just
1: to get rocked like that rearrange somebody's face yeah yeah
2: no definitely so that theatricality is there and those impacts emotionally and physically are part and parcel of what's going on so yeah great job great choice well, love you. it
1: So I don't know if I've ever asked you this before and I find uh, that it's maybe long overdue. Uh, You've written, we talked about Arthurian themes and everything a little bit earlier and you've written several stories in Arthurian settings with like knights and princesses and kings and queens uh, that are essential to the story. What draws you to this setting? Because I very much associate it with you when I think of you.
6: Steve, that was going to be my damn
5: question. Ah. Well, Joey, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it, it's always like it's always something that I I've been into ever since I was a kid. Obviously, like my um, my dad was like this was something I picked up from him along with comics. Is, you know, he's a big token nerd. Um, you know, he's really into you know various myths and legends and stuff like that. And he's a he's actually a history teacher as well. Um, so he was really really into all of that I picked a lot of that up from him and I think like as I've gotten older and been telling stories I'm always sort of like on the lookout for the types of stories that we haven't maybe gotten the the sort of like diversity of, of character and of theme and story that you know I would like to see in some of those places and I think for me it was coming to this point where you know I was working on things like princeless and and not at the beginning where i was just like i love fantasy but there's real big hesitation for fantasy to grow like they really wanted to keep coming back to tolkien and coming back to first edition dnd and stuff like that now i think it has grown quite a bit since you know the first princeless came out now 12 13 years ago um just makes me feel incredibly old to think. Um, <laughs> but like that's uh you know that that's the kind of stories that I love and I like the idea of being able to tell new stories in, in those genres and, and letting them grow and letting them uh sort of blend because you know there's so much there's so much trying to keep different types of stories apart. Comics really want to be a superhero thing and not have fantasy or science fiction and all that and every once in a while like enough of us push in the same direction that we're like all right we can stretch that definition and we can have those worlds sort of cross over a little bit and um you know i i feel like there's so much more room to tell different kinds of stories in comics and you know i you know i was writing princeless and reading criminal at the same time and the idea that, you know, at some point I'd be writing a book that was both of those things together in its own weird way is like, uh, it seems natural, but it, it also sounds impossible.
1: <laughs> Have you um, checked out the new book from IDW? It's uh, G. Will Wilson and Chris Wild Goose called The Hunger and the Dusk.
5: I haven't read it yet, but I, I've seen some stuff about it. Okay. it's mean, a great team. So. Add it
1: to your list
5: absolutely
1: yeah the first arc just ended this past week um and it's it's awesome i i couldn't put it down when i started reading it um highly highly recommend it uh let me see here i've got more questions for you okay I'm throw one in then
2: i've i my favorite line in the book is something you should should be a poster should be a t-shirt hidden knives are always the sharpest That is brilliant. That is uh, we've all been there and lived that. Is that part and parcel of your life? You've seen that and or just came to you. How did that you know? I
5: it was not a line that existed in the book until I wrote it. Like there's a lot of times that you'll have like a an idea in your head that you're like, I gotta find some way to get to that line. Um and that was just like as I was writing that scene, I was like, Oh, this is this is perfect. Like this is a, this is a great sentence. Um, yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, you know, did not know it was going to be there before it came out of my typewriter, not typewriter. I don't have a typewriter, but my keyboard. <laughs> um, you know, it just, it just appeared there. And I was like, Oh man, that's good. And it's, it's one of those that like, I was telling somebody like the other day, it, it really pays as a writer to have a bad memory because then you, you know, you read your book and you're like, Oh man, that's good. Who wrote that? Uh, Someone must have said that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's one of those. That's one of those lines that, like, when I was reading it back, I was like, "Man, that guy can really write." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whereas, yes, like, you know, there there are so many like that when when I know what the sentence is supposed to say, I will I will read it wrong, you know, regardless of how it's actually written, uh, because you know I'm like, oh, I, I I know what I'm supposed to say here," but uh, that was one that that came together nicely, and I thought really fit with. The theme and in in some ways uh, very strongly with sort of the last couple chapters of the book um,
0: because I I think
5: you know obviously it is a a mystery in its own way and is a you know I think this was a case where um, not to give too much away but like I knew the ending of this book well before I knew the middle of this
1: book sure excuse me um or was i okay speaking as someone who has never written a comic that's me uh what's it like to get pages back from your artist and see your characters and ideas realized on the page can you recall any of your reactions to megan's pages
5: it's amazing like uh, there's been i i recall the first even the first time i worked with megan uh on princeless she did um there's a one issue short story that's at the end of, uh, I think it's volume six where it's uh, it's just about the uh, there's two dwarves that we meet in volume six who are one of them is Bedelia's cousin and they're married. Um, And it's about them and their daughter. Um, And that was just like, I had only really seen, you know, the stuff she had up on her website. She hadn't really done much in the way of sequential stuff yet. And I got those pages back and I just remember being like, Fuck yeah like that's it right there like (laughs) you did it um those are those are amazing and that was that's what you know cold ever after felt like all the time it's one of those things that like it's it's hard to give notes because the my first my first impression is always like yes like you got it you did it moving on but then you know occasionally you have to be like all right this really this really works but not like in the stories. <laughs> we got to make it make more sense. <laughs> um, you know, you, you you had a good idea here, but like it that doesn't flow into this next thing. So we need to find a way to make this all work together. Um, that's that's been a really interesting thing working in comics. Is every once in a while um, an artist will turn in something that is not at all what you had intended, and, and sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's nonsense. So um, sometimes you have to go, oh, well. This is great, <laughs> but this thing is going to happen three issues down the line that will not make any sense with this. So, right, gotta change it. It's um, amazing
1: but, how much foresight you have to have with these things, and how much continuity you have to pay close attention to in order to make it all come together.
5: That is that is the nice thing about doing a graphic novel as opposed to a, a monthly comic, because um, I've heard it said several times that like making a monthly comic is like building the railroad while the train is moving. (laughs) You know, you're, you're a couple steps ahead of the train at any given time and you don't have time to go back and fix stuff if it didn't work. Um, but you know, as a graphic novel, you finish the thing and you're like, all right, well, this thing I thought of in chapter 10 is much, much more interesting than what I set up in chapter two. So you got to go back and change what I was setting up and rearrange this bit, this bit, and this bit. So it makes sense together. Um, and there was, you know, there's a lot of that with with this one too, because the the continuity in in some cases is so close. The mystery is sort of built throughout the story. So there's come some places where I got to the end and I was like, oh, this thing I was hinting at here actually doesn't make any sense anymore. I got to get rid of that and <laughs> make it make it this other thing instead.
1: There were there were some interesting clues throughout the story that leads to a very. Um, exciting third act i'll call it i don't even know if it's the third it's like a i don't want to spoil anything because i I feel like there was a there was a gear shift at one point in the story where a lot was revealed and i was like oh now i have to like rethink everything that happened earlier and then i because i made note in my head of at least two things and i was like i you know what i bet you it's this and i was close i wasn't exact but i was close um like i mentioned earlier you've got some nasty characters in this book um some real real pieces of something mm-hmm. uh what's it like writing villains as cruel as uh sir benazir and Wareham and stonehammer like where do you go mentally to create and write characters like that do you have to tap into some like jeremy whitley darkness in you that we don't see very often villains are so much fun to
5: write because i i feel like heroes you always gotta thread the needle right you gotta make them like enough that people will still cheer for them at the end of the day even when they do something bad even when they're making mistakes you know the people still have to care about them in the end uh but i think like getting to write villains just sort of like being their worst is uh so much fun um you know it, it's it's fun to sort of like really lean into that um and and let it go sort of uh all the way i you know i'd love to i love reading a good like dr doom or you know characters like that that can really like lean into being the most um so i i think you know I've i've gotten to do that in a lot of different spaces in, in Marvel and in my little pony, even where, you know, there's some, some truly detestable villains out there um, and getting to really lean into the, the monologue and, and getting to, getting to say all the horrible things to your characters that uh, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not okay for you to say about the characters, but you can really let the, uh, the villains say all the worst possible things.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. They're a good, a good outlet for that sort of thing. Oh Yeah. So, in your words, what do you hope that readers take away from this story? Like, what do you what are you hoping the reaction will be when people read this? Um,
5: I'm that's a that's a tough question, Steve,
0: because
5: um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in in a lot of ways, what I what I set out to do was tell a story with uh you know hero a heroic knight at the center of it that was in its own way sort of anti-colonialist and anti-establishment in a, a way that like is very against the nature of arthurian legend like you know the in arthurian legend arthur's always the good guy um you know in this in this story the king sucks um it's pretty clear from <laughs> there to say yeah. um yeah so i i think like i hope maybe it's it's a thing where people can will take away from this like they can tell their own kind of stories they can uh mess with the uh the tropes and with the formulas in a way that you know they can tell something original they can do the you can do whatever wild thing it is they want to do because i i think you know in in its own way this book is sort of my anti-princeless it's it's, (laughs) you know it it is every it it has some of the a lot of the same themes but i think the message is pretty different um so it's nice to sort of like lean into that and uh you know have a chance to like really i i think it really shows that we have a lot of uh preconceptions as to like Who the villainous people are and uh that they're not necessarily who you think and um i think in particular this is a a story where like um getting getting revenge or getting even is not discouraged it you know some sometimes there are people in systems especially that deserve to get (laughs) got awesome
1: all right. Does anybody else have any questions before I get to my bonus question?
3: What was, I do have one quick question. What was the intent around sort of the, the and you may have sort of hinted at this already, around the, the gender roles of, of all the knights being called sir and, and, and you know, those things. And even as I was sort of going through the pages, I was just like, wait, is that a male or is that a female? it actually doesn't matter as that was sort of, you know, as I step back, was there an intent to that? And, and what's the story behind that?
5: Um, Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's been obviously a, an influx of, of stories with female knights in them in the last, you know, handful of years. And I think there's a lot of hay made out of like, what do they call you? What are, What is the title of a female knight? And it's like, well, like a knight is a knight. Like that's their job is to protect you know, the well, I mean to protect the system, but theoretically the people, um, and, you know, if, if you're bringing in this other class of people to be knights, you wouldn't classify them differently. Um, you know, I think in a lot of cases, obviously not to the queen in this case, but to, you know, a lot of the royalty and the, the people that matter, like, it doesn't matter what the, the gender of the knights are. That's not an important part of their job. They're there to, uh, to protect and to throw down their lives for the people that really matter.
0: Ouch. <laughs> there <you have> <laughs> yeah. I Brian?
6: was fine with it because of Star Trek and they call yeah. Captain Michael Burnham, sir. Well, know? that's what I first
3: thought no. of. <laughs> that's, that's really what I first thought yeah. of. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder if this was intentional. I well, wonder if this was meant to sort of just make it not matter. And after a while I was just like, it yeah, doesn't really matter. No. It was it's just a, a title, picture. right?
6: The little paperclip on Jeremy's typewriter said, I think you're writing about knights. You should use, sir. And Jeremy's like, you know what? You're right.
1: Thanks, Clippy. <laughs> oh my God. That's so going in the show, Art. Um. All right. Anybody else before I ask my ridiculous question? That's go a cool book, man. All right. Here we go. That too. Congratulations, Jeremy. Characters from The Cold Ever After are joining the world of Fortnite. I am going to list a few names, and I want you to tell me what type of glider they would use. Bonus points if you can assign them a pickaxe. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> no Alani.
5: Um, The glider is is a rock. (laughs) She's (laughs) not going to glide at all. It's not going to work. Um, she's going to get dumped out of that bus and just fall. Uh, and, um, well, I mean, the pickaxe is a sword. That's a good thing.
1: Perfect. All right. Queen Isadora.
5: (laughs) The glider is just, uh, it's just a knight. She's just, (laughs) you taped a couple of knights together to, uh, to glide down. Um, and uh, I mean, I I think I don't think she'd bring a pickaxe. She'd just have uh, just have people do all, all that work for her.
1: I like it. I think she could she could do the the hiring the uh, companions out yeah. in the field. There you go. Uh, Worm what's Worm floating down on besides sin? <laughs>
5: uh, it's, it's floating it down on a giant cross uh <laughs> you know, and uh yeah, he's he's got a whip because yeah
1: for reasons
5: <laughs> for reasons,
1: all right, you love him, you love to hate him, Um, <laughs> uh, he is he
5: is he's gotta be floating down on like the dead body of a deer, just. You know. <laughs> using it as his his parachute um and uh yeah he's he's just uh he's just hitting people with whatever's handy
1: i don't know if anybody else is enjoying this question this is for me i'm having a ball with this <laughs>
3: I have no reference for Fortnite
1: so I I've got I've got Jeremy and I t- we we've played it together a lot so this is this is our our little thing here two more uh sir benazir what are they coming down on um i mean
5: the the queen's coattails.
1: <laughs> just something uh, from her wardrobe like a parachute yeah
5: Yep. and uh <laughs> beating people with broken glass
1: there you go all right when is all right the most important question probably when is this book coming out when can people get their hands on it
5: uh, let me make sure i have my physical date correct is uh february 27th so uh, next tuesday
1: oh, a week, soon. A week nice. from now
5: yeah so it is pre-orderable now you can tell your comic shop you want it you can uh order it on Various websites. If you don't have a comic shop, you can go to. Joey. Joey. <laughs> really? 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 First day back. That's what we're going
0: for? That's, you know what? <laughs> it was Jeremy's fault. It was Jeremy's fault.
2: He started it.
4: Oh, we lost Joey for another month.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy, it is, you know, because it's Titan. it's available through... uh Penguin Random House, so anywhere that Penguin Random House distributes, anywhere you can get their books, you can uh, order Cold Never After.
1: Sweet. Uh, you got anything else going on? Something that uh, that we don't know about or anything?
5: Uh, well, we just, uh, back in November, Jamie and I uh, put out the second book of School for Extraterrestrial Girls. Uh, so that's, that's going on. We're working on the third volume of that, and uh, we are deep into uh art on the, the second volume of the dog night right now. Nice. Um, Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's coming along. Um uh I have another book that's getting announced probably in the next couple of weeks. So people should should keep an eye out for that. Um and if people haven't heard uh I am doing a uh book with my uh my co host uh of Aggressively horrified uh Ben Kahn uh that's oh. called uh, the dashing school for wayward princes um which is about a uh group of of princes who get sent to a uh who, who don't fit in they're not uh princely enough so they get sent to a school to teach them toxic masculinity um nice. <laughs> so they have to have to work with each other to survive and and get out of that alive
1: awesome. that sounds very Ben. that sounds oh. like the, the two of you are gonna have a ball with that
5: yeah, that, that one's it has been a lot of fun because that was a book that like I was working on. I had the idea for I had some of the basics and I you know ran the first chapter by by Ben and they had like great notes on it. And I was just like, hey, instead of me just continuing to just like take your good ideas, what have we worked on this together? Um, and so, yeah, we ended up uh, we ended up getting that signed and it should be uh, actually coming out, I, I believe, in 2025.
1: Sweet. That's awesome. All right. If Thanks. people want to uh, follow you and get more updates on where they can find all of these fine books, uh, where can people get in touch with you?
5: Uh, so I am still on Twitter and Instagram at jrome 58 I am on blue sky and Tumblr as Jeremy Whitley. Uh, Cause I got in there early. Um, and then uh, you can listen to progressively horrified my cat, my podcast on which uh Many of these these folks have guested uh all about progressive uh progressive politics and horror movies uh and that is anywhere that you guys can download talking comics. you can download that as well and we uh we put that out every Friday right
1: on man all right uh we are gonna say goodbye to Jeremy for now, but Jeremy obviously hang out past the break, and uh when we come back, we will talk about comics. And Madam Webb. Oh. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oops,
3: sorry. Sorry.
1: All right. See you all in a minute.
3: Something in my throat.
6: I, do,
1: right. I, do watch I honestly ones. like my, my I'm going to save most of my breath from Adam Webb because I don't really have a whole lot to say about Six Fingers it was very weird and I just want to do a retraction for Transformers Oh so. oh wait in the positive or the negative You'll
6: see. Oh. Oh, wow. Steve came hot it. tonight. I don't we'll know if see. I want to be on this
1: episode. Let me, let me, let me cook. Trying to start I might joke. have one finger for you, my friend. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it's going to be all right. Okay. Don't worry not, little lamb.
4: That's what Madam's web mother said when she went
1: looking for You webs, know, right? it's going to be okay. <laughs>
0: shit man gonna that be movie
1: fine. oh my god that movie all right let's do this i never take out my
3: phone and, t- and text during movies but that one else is like i have to get this out of my system i, I
4: always you i, I always scolded you all because you're texting during the movie i was like hey i felt guy. the
3: same
6: during morbius like these are the only two movies that i was like i need to text I somebody about never this. do that but literally i was like because it's me and two
3: Save Three, it for the show. Do we it.
1: want to talk about Madam <laughs> Web first? Or probably if we want to end on something positive. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, everybody, we're back. As Joey just said, off the air, in the interest of ending this show with something positive, we are going to talk about Madame Web first. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, and then we'll do our lightning rounds, mixing things up a little bit this episode. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Whitley for coming onto the show and talking with us about his new book. Go and check it out. Uh, it will be on on shelves on the 27th later this month. Uh, go find it. It's really good. All right. Oh, good Lord. So Sony released Madam Web over. It escaped.
2: It, it was not released. It escaped.
1: Right. right on uh, on Valentine's Day, and so it's been through Valentine's Day and then had its weekend to do whatever it's gonna do. Long weekend, long weekend. Uh, this is directed by S.J. Clarkson, written by Matt Sama. Uh, some oh my god, Sazama. Matt, sorry, Matt, Matt Sazama, Burke S- Sharpless, and Claire Parker. My god, uh, starring Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merst, um Celeste O'Connor and Tahir Rahim. Mike Epps was in this movie? Oh my god, he yeah. was the guy on the train. No, he wasn't. No. Mike
6: Epps was the the the, the guy that was the
3: FDNY
1: him. captain. No. At the, at the barbecue.
3: At the barbecue. Oh,
1: you're right. I know. Uh Sozia Mamet from Girls, <laughs> she pops up out of nowhere. Emma Roberts is in this movie? Yeah. Adam Scott is in this movie? There's a lot of good people in this
0: movie.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, yep. Unfortunately, yep. <laughs> unfortunately, the movie itself is terrible. Uh it's real bad. I don't know if I should go first. Should well, I? Well, you've a- already
3: started. So you're all right, right, I'll
1: get well, it out yeah, of my system. On. We'll jump. We'll just jump in after. I go. hated this movie. I hated this movie. I think this is one of the worst, if not the worst. Marvel branded movie that I personally have ever seen. I went into this movie. 2015
6: Fantastic Four,
1: even, dude. I this wow. movie. Wow. This movie, Fantastic Four. You're talking about the uh, Josh Trank Fan, one. Yeah. Fantastic. That's its own beast. But here, here, at <laughs> least, at least with the Fantastic Four, the one thing that I will give it is that Bronwyn and I watched that together with bottles of champagne and i believe we went through two bottles just the two of us doing No, no, no and... that,
2: that time out that doesn't count you were mm-hmm. sauced <laughs> no it, that's
6: my point no his that... point is that like there are movies that are bad that you can enjoy drunk and he doesn't oh, think
1: Madame uh... webb is even one of those no i don't I'm think alcohol would make that. Madame webb any better madam webb is one of the most boring superhero movies that i have ever seen I was bored out of my mind. I said this off air. I'll say it again here. I went with my friend Brad. There was maybe
3: former 25
1: friend, <laughs> people in the theater. He was willing to take that bullet with me. He was. We were both psyched for a bad movie. I don't mind if your movie is bad because at least bad could be entertaining. Oh. This was bad boring and nonsensical and had some of the worst character work that i've ever seen in a film period i will get to the villain of this movie eventually but so in order to see this movie i pulled a fast one on myself i did i looked at the pre-order tickets for this they wanted 22 dollars a piece for Oof. me to go and see, and usually the way Brad and I do it is I buy the tickets, he buys the concessions, everybody's happy, we go, we have a good time. No, I joined... What's that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, don't, no, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. <laughs> <Really> <laughs> keep going,
6: Steve, keep going,
1: Steve. <laughs> I went ahead and I joined the uh, West, West, uh the hell is it called? Westmount what? Cinema Club in order to see this. you! So that I can get a major discount on my ticket because I was not going to give this movie m- that much money. I ended up paying five dollars to go into this beast.
2: Oh, that's what I thought. That's okay.
1: Brad's ticket was discounted, and our we got twenty percent off on our concessions. So,
2: nice.
1: and it's only nine ninety nine a month. I'm I'm very oh, very happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. You get a free yeah. movie ticket, the whole bit. This is not a commercial for them. Yeah. The point being is that I went out of my way to minimize the financial (laughs) and mental price of seeing this movie because I had anticipated such a trash fire. And like I said, I can deal with bad. I despise boring. Mm -hmm. If Brad was not with me, I honestly, and I never do this, I think I would have gotten up and left and come up with some kind of an excuse when I came onto this podcast, how I let everybody down by not seeing it. I sat through this thing. This movie felt like it was four hours long.
0: Yes, it
1: does. And it was two, but my God, what a slog. I think there was one fleeting moment in this movie that I erupted with laughter and just lost my shit. I can't think of a single one. It was spo- the right, it, for, scene. I'm just going to spoil it here, people. Three, two, one. It's the scene. There's no when... spoiling no spoil this movie. It's There's really lying. no spoiling this movie. At some point, you know that Cassandra is a, uh, she's an EMT medic. She drives an ambulance out of the second floor of a building <laughs> in order to stop the <laughs> villain's advance. And holy shit, it was some fast and furious type yeah. action. But it that's was
6: meant to be a pop. That's not meant to be a laugh moment. <laughs> it was the yeah. one
1: time in this movie that evoked anything out of me whatsoever. And I'll say this, it's a shame. Because like you can you can pick and choose, but you've got some good people in this movie. You've got mm-hmm. Cindy Sweeney, you've got uh friggin' Adam Scott you've got Isabella Merce, like there are talented people in this movie. Some of them are like riding the wave of being the it people, Sydney Sweeney specifically. But how do you take the girl from Euphoria and then stick her in these frumpy schoolgirl clothes and try to pass her off as 16 years old? I'm not buying it. It was awful. The directing was awful. The The push cam into the faces was terrible the handicam stuff was bad the editing was atrocious and my god the villain in this movie is the worst marvel villain that i've ever that i can remember being he is so one-dimensional he keeps going on and on and on throughout the movie i've worked so hard i've worked so hard for my life they can't take it away from me dude nobody cares Nobody, nobody knows. we well, you we're are. never sho- We're never shown it. No, at nothing. All. Yeah. all we know about you is that back in the day, you shot a pregnant woman. Spoiler and alert! And stole her spider. <laughs> this is in the trailer. This is this is this okay. is fine. So you shot a pregnant woman. You stole, stole her spider. spider, and then you bring <laughs> the spider back. Is that a to, euphemism?
0: Nope. <laughs> to New no. York
1: for your own gain. When this thing was supposed to like help cure diseases. And so on and so forth. And like, you, you're, nobody likes you, man. And it's just, he kept saying it over and over and over again. There was no depth to him whatsoever. He was the, he's, he's the worst. He was so bad. Um, I honestly.
3: Was he he supposed to look older every time you saw him? This is a legitimate question. Was his character supposed think, to be aging I, through the movie? I
2: thought so, but I don't think there was a continuity to that. I okay. thought it, it shifted here and there, but yeah. I, I think that's what they Unexplained. were hoping for. Unexplained. Yeah, it yeah.
3: just didn't seem to make sense to me. It seems like every time you saw him, first he started off with black hair. I mean, I'm not. I'm talking about even post, like the 20 however many years later, 30 years yeah. later, he started off with black hair. Then he had like a little gray at the temples and it was like salt and pepper. And then it was like gray all through. I'm like, is this supposed yeah, to be and something we're Yeah, in the flash forward, noticing? it was all yeah. grayed out. But not well, only even, in the fast forward, not only yeah, in the fast like forward, but like yeah, 10 year window.
1: Um, not even
3: there, but yeah, even in the present time, it was like getting grayer every time you saw yeah. it. And I was just like, wait, what? So, so was I though,
1: Aaron. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I got one more thing to say, and then I'll pass the torch to, to whoever else wants to, to oh, speak. I'm but, like, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier about musicals and musical films, specifically Wonka, Wicked, and how the marketing agencies and the studios are no longer showing that movies are musicals in the trailers because they think that that's going to get more people through the door. And it's kind of a bait and switch. This movie does the opposite of that, where it markets it to you as if you're going to be watching a movie featuring Cassandra um, Webb and the three spider women. And I'm like, you know, all right, maybe at whatever they get to it, eventually I hope, these three women who are charismatic will save this movie and we'll get some actual action and superhero shit that I can latch onto and care about for a few moments. And then the only time spoiler alert, again, the only time that they're in their costumes is in a flash forward of the future. So technically they are never any of the heroes that are presented to us in the trailers oh come on what about the scene at the diner where they're dancing on the table oh my god like (laughs) i i oh shit like it's a good thing that you taught them how to do cpr cassandra because holy shit that was convenient i (laughs) man somebody else can go Okay, let, let, let me let me
2: yeah let me start. The, the, one of my favorite lines from this movie is do, Cassandra says to her three uh, stereotypes that uh, they're not characters. Don't do dumb things. Well, the don't do dumb things would be making this goddamn movie.
1: Uh, <laughs> first of all.
2: oh, so. Um This is look. It's certainly it's not bad enough to be camp. It's just awful. <laughs> this is Morbius as made by the Lifetime movie team with some explosions at the end, okay? There, there's, a, there's an Agatha Christie movie from some years back. It's called the, the Mirror Cracked. And there's a line there from Kim Novak's character where she says, it's, a, it's set in the movie industry, I could eat a can of Kodak and puke out a better movie. Yes. That's what we have here. It is over and underwritten at the same time. Uh, look, Dakota Johnson tries, but she can't uplift this material. It is just Terrible. And as you said, Steve, it seems like it's four hours long and I sat hoping there'd be a post-credit sequence. No, no, there wasn't oh that. There's there, there are all these flash forwards and flashbacks because they think this is clever. And, and, and as Cassandra says, it feels like deja vu. Yeah, to me too, as I kept sitting there waiting for this to end. This movie would be about 45 minutes long if they cut out these visions.
3: And that's thirty minutes too long,
2: and it might be honestly
6: yeah this this is a ninety minute movie, and it's two hours long, you know yeah. like that that's that's problem number one with it um,
2: and, and, and they're they're clever attempts at oh, he's Ben Parker, and we don't name what the baby is, okay, that's yeah. all great, and if mm. you take on great responsibility. Power will come to you. Oh, come on!
1: <laughs> yeah, that, come on! Oh, God. We, 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 and they we, double we, down on it. They use it twice. Yes, I see.
2: It. It once wasn't bad enough. Uh, that it's, it's just, said, ugh, just a we grown. start in the seventies, right? Seventy three, and then we move forward to the two
3: thousand
2: three. Three. Yeah. It is so that that baby can grow up to be Tom Holland. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, yeah. It's, it's Peter. It's clearly on, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, obviously it's, just, it's Peter. Yeah, and it's just—I just, I just... There, there's no saving this thing. It is—it it is just yeah. this bland piece of nonsense. It is worse than those Marvel movies of the '90s. I would rather watch Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher yeah. than ever watch this again. Give me Matt Salinger and his rubber ears as Captain America <laughs> than this. Well, I I, mean, I I thought Morbius was bad. I think this might be worse. I wrote I wrote
1: to... in an article today. I said uh, uh Madam Web makes uh Morbius look like Citizen Kane. Like I, it I, is... I, well, well, I, I got one for
3: you, Bob. I got one for you, Bob.
1: Okay. Madam
3: Madam Web or Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman.
2: Kathy Lee Crosby.
3: Oh, wow.
2: In in her blue suit and the whole thing. Yes. Wow. Give, give me that. Give me Red Brown with Captain America's Plexiglass Shield from the 70s. <laughs> I will never, ever, ever watch Madam Webb again.
0: Yeah. And as I someone think...
2: who owns Catwoman and Electra, <laughs> that's
6: here's the thing, and I, I think that you guys are capturing it, which is the thing that makes Madame Webb different from something like Morbius, is like Morbius. Which is also to be clear, awful. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Hey, now. I think people I think people a lot of the the, <laughs> the 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 um the slightly I don't even know if positive is the right word, but the slightly like had fun with it reviews are claiming that this movie is kind of so bad. It's camp. And I'm like, it's not, it's not. And I go back to what Steve said, which is, I think that the movie is boring and flat in a way that it, it's so funny that the movie is set in 2003 because that's when this movie should have been made. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you mentioned Electra, like, it it is reminiscent of those like early two thousands efforts and yeah. super heroic films, um, but but here's the thing that's really you know Steve you said something about the the marketing for it that is really interesting, and there's a couple of interviews here and there with um, the director and the cast that are like trying to like explain what the movie originally was before it was edited to shit, and you know I think there is something interesting to say about like let's do this movie that's kind of like like. Uh, there's an iteration of this film where it's like the Terminator and they're trying to save Emma Roberts from this person who can see the future so that Peter Parker can be born. Like that's a really interesting story and takes it down a different road. Obviously that's not what this movie does. And I think much, very much to its detriment. I I don't think it knows what it wants to do other than not be a superhero movie. And uh, other than trying to be like, let's set up, you know, this, 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 this new new set of characters that i think that um we can explore it's just another example yeah it's just another example of sony just again like
3: missing the mark
6: missing the mark and trying to do something that we've said on the show a million times before cannot be replicated um the, the mcu was lightning in a bottle lightning that even in the MCU's case and Disney's case is starting to slip out as well. You know, like that's an unsustainable thing too. And I think that, I think what Sony keeps trying to do with Morbius and now this Madam Webb film and Craven coming up and whatever bad bunny's doing over there in that one he, studio, you know, oh, he's like, out, he's out. That's <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So. But like all those things and the sinister 16 that they're still trying to double down on, like it's, it's so, and even Venom, which I stand by, fucking hate those movies, and <laughs> right. um, but but I get it. Like Venom, at least has this kind of campiness to it that was redeeming, and Morbius is so bad that it became a meme. I think you fool me once, fine. You fool me twice, it's my fault. You fool me three times, like you're just an asshole, and Sony is just <laughs> an asshole here for making these movies. And I think, like, look what happened to Fox with the X Men stuff, like the the diminishing returns on that. Like, Madame Web is to Dark Phoenix, you know, yes. like what what that's what this is, and it's mm-hmm. like it's and it is of the same quality, the same flatness, the same by the numbers. You know there are there are things that happen in this movie that are so preposterous, but not in a way that is campy or fun. Like, why would a first aid kit have tear gas in it? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Like a it like is a, New York, a sparkbang grenade. New York, like, yeah. grabs a, grabs a, a a a first aid kit in the final act and like throws tear gas canisters and like and 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 sparkbang grenades <laughs> out of it. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And it just goes to show, like, I think we, we've talked a lot about this with the the latest string of not just Sony movies, but, you know, the Marvel movies as well, where it's like the reshoot editing and transformation of these stories often is at the detriment of logic that that, you know, really um, undercuts anything that these movies could have been right. Like. Madam Web and the three spider women like that is such a fucking cool premise, you know, like such a cool premise. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to see them in their suits if the premise is you're going to be heroes one day, you know, and we need to protect this woman's baby. Right. Like that. Let's go with that. It worked for Terminator in 1980, whatever. And we could do it here. Like, that's totally fine. But. It doesn't know what it wants to be, other than you know this is our this is our big reach. This is going to be the next thing that you know moves our our Spider Verse forward. You know it's it's really hard. It's really hard. And the ADR the my the villain thing. Yeah, look, I'm fine with this. Uh, uh, I'm fine with the villain that's one note. You know, um, that's fine. But for me, the problem is probably because of those reshoots and editing and changing the story as it was going. The ADR on the villain. Was awful. Like, he's just spewing monologues, and his mouth is not moving at all. And it's, it's so seen... clear that all that stuff is just done in post. It's crazy, yeah. trying to make sense of a story that makes no sense.
1: There's a scene of him where he's talking on his cell phone, and he's getting into the car, and he's he's speaking. His mouth is not moving. Yeah.
6: It, no, like 90, like literal like, close-ups of him. His voice is just not aligned with any Horrible. of the exposition he's giving. It's crazy. It is genuinely... Horrible crazy and again it's one of these things where it's like diminishing returns and all the like all the discourse about superhero fatigue it's not that people are tired of the stories it's that the stories are bad and i think i think like i think that um it's it's just sony's gonna milk this cow for as long as they can but the cow's been dead for a long time. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> dead milk. Mm. Dead milk. So, first of all, I got to clarify one thing. First of all, this movie reeks of an early Brian Singer film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn.
3: That is all puff and delivers nothing. Kaiser Sose? No, it's just, <laughs> oh, oh, the only film he did. How dare you? Only film he did that I like. So so but um uh it it was it reeks one of one of those superhero films that was made when studios were afraid to admit that they were superhero films. Exactly.
6: Two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like so it's like that's the campiest part of this
3: entire but, film. <laughs> they, it, it was, so they're it, the X-Men, but they're
4: going to dress like bikers.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
3: It was like, the, we, yeah. we want to lean into the name because we want the nerds to show up, but <laughs> we don't want it to really be too campy because then they'll make fun of us and they don't want to, you know, no one wants to lean into it. Um, And I felt like this movie just rolled back. Now, you've heard us say how quantum media sucked. This sucked on a different level. This sucked yeah. both story-wise and structurally whereas Quantumania sucked because it didn't deliver on the at the same bar and standard as the other movies that we loved but at least the bones of that movie was structurally sound meaning that mm-hmm. if the story was better at least the foundation on, on which it was standing wasn't completely shit and by the foundation, I mean previous movies. Um, so when you come into this movie, number one, you don't care about anyone. I don't. I mean, we the bad guy is the bad guy. I get it. We got the magical jungle folks. Fine. No, yeah. no, no context for them. They're supposed to Gandalf their way back into the story somewhere <laughs> later. Fine. Whatever. Um, You have these mythical spiders, no context to them, fine, whatever. You have, uh, well, first of all, I got to do a sidebar. The NSA technology that allows them to see anyone anywhere. In 2003? Yeah, and when, (laughs) when she did the... The 10 year age thing to see how to see what they would look like, then right down to the hairstyle that the, the black girl was wearing that day. I was just like, wow, that's some awfully specific <laughs> AI you got going on there. It knew exactly how she was going to style her hair on that day. Anyway, um, and so you have no connection between these characters. I didn't care about Ben. I just did it because you didn't make me care about him. I didn't care about their relationship. When she's crying over Mike Epps in the ambulance, I didn't care. I just did it. Number one, that whole flash was so fast. I'm like, I don't understand what she's seeing. What is about to happen? Um, And I'm just going to say it because y'all have avoided saying it. On her best day, Dakota Fanning's talent tops out
6: at average. You mean Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson? Dakota Johnson well, well, No, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. I on her Part of best the reason day. why this movie is so boring and flat is because Dakota Johnson's delivery yes, of all of again. these lines are boring and flat. Just,
3: it was like she just showed up and was like, what, wait, say what? Okay, here, hold on. Watch this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all right is that good all right can i go my favorite is
6: that when she says i hope the spiders were worth it mom that's my favorite line in the whole movie that's my favorite line in the whole movie (laughs) i hope the spiders
3: were worth it mom it just didn't make any sense i like i said i didn't care about ben because you didn't make me care about ben i didn't really care about these girls i know you were trying to make me care about these girls because you were telling their sad stories but we didn't get to see any of that so we just got to tell them recount they're sad stories. Just um,
2: stereotypes. Just terrible. Yeah, every stereotypes.
3: single one. The undocumented. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with. Yeah, right. Know. The, the latchkey right
2: kid. The the neglected rich girl. Blah, 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 blah.
3: Oh god. So I mean, I was just glad that the one girl wasn't like turning tricks on the corner instead of like being like a, like a, like she, she got ambassador's daughter. Yeah, she got to be the rich girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the rich girl. Um so yeah i didn't care about any of them so when all these things were happening like and even even cassandra webb was like being an ass to them
6: she was uh, awful she was was so miserable to follow as a main character she doesn't want to be the mentor she doesn't Uh want that even before the whole part of the movie is is growing into her role as a mentor that was not the hero's journey
1: yeah, but
3: like, that was it. That was a hero's field trip. I when don't she's know going to the I... baby
1: shower and you're like following her back to her apartment, she's such a miserable person.
3: Okay. So then right. I'm gonna talk about some continuity things. I talked Will about you? this in the chat. So all it takes is for one girl to yell, yeah. I think this woman is trying to kidnap me for all of a sudden your picture to be all over the city. As a kidnapped victim,
6: no, not just a city, all the way in New Jersey as yes. well. Yes,
3: yes. As a kidnapped victim, that's all it they takes. Printed, is for one girl. They
6: printed those newspapers within hours. Licky so, split, literally, like, like that, because that's how like, newspapers worked in two thousand and three. Okay, <laughs> I was like, if these motherfuckers say they
3: tweeted it out, I'm done. I'm flipping the table in this in this theater. But um, hey, there's this new technology called Twitter. So I'm, like, I'm like, I will flip a table, but. So then you got that. So then, and I talked about this in the chat. She leaves. She steals a taxi.
1: Yes, she does. <laughs> I love this.
3: She drives this fucking taxi, stolen taxi, all over the place.
2: But no She pulls the she yes. pulls the plates off it.
3: The same as if, there, taxi. Isn't a,
2: as as
6: if a then, there isn't a number on the top
1: of congrats. a taxi. And then leaves the, leaves yeah, the, the on the hood. Right. Yeah. But leaves wait. the crowbar and the plates on the ground. Yes. <laughs>
3: but then drives a taxi into the side of a diner, drives off, has to leave the country. Apparently, the chick parked a taxi at the airport or something. <laughs> Long term yeah. parking. Because she yeah. took a quick day trip to Peru. It was a week. It was a week. Came back in the same outfit uh and then picked up the same stolen taxi drove it (laughs) back to the house and parked it there wait at the house this
4: is only two years after 9 11 in new york city right it
2: right 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 yeah in in new york city yeah but but wait
3: how did you get through the freaking airport
2: if, if some guy are... in New Jersey
6: recognized
2: you, <laughs> right? Well, some right, some guy in New Jersey would see a New York City taxi cab drive driving along the the, the pine barrens or oh. whatever, and would have definitely turned her in. Look, man, it, but again, and she just, gets and like... she gets to Peru, she gets to Peru and gets to the no, no spider problem. people with a map that she's got folded up in a book. Really, it's Peru so... is a pretty big country. Last I heard, it's
6: so. Lazy and and but Perfect. none of those yeah. things like none of those things are are bad in a way that's entertaining all of those yes. things are just Offensively lazy, you know. like if yeah.
3: this were a Hanna Barbera cartoon in 1974, it would have been spectacular. We would have loved
2: it. <laughs> Look, it's it's but, Mr. Johnson yeah. from the from the carnival. Yeah,
3: exactly. We would have those meddling kids. Right. We would have loved it. But this the expectations. You should. I can't believe anyone sat in any screening room and saw this and said, Yeah, cut print. We're ready to
6: go. Well, I don't think they did. I think that's the problem. I think people were like, at the, oh. I saw a great review that was like, you know, it's so hard watching this two hour film where each scene you see the actors progressively realize that they are in a bad movie. Oh. Um, oh. And and, <laughs> yeah. and and by the end they're so they're so like disassociated from it. You know? Um but again I, I think Steve captured it. Like there's bad and there's boring. And I think that's the problem yeah. with this one. And it's two hours. Maybe if it was 90 minutes and they trimmed the fat and you were like, you know what? I was stupid, but whatever. But there's, it's two hours. Two they, hours they on they for an eternity. They
3: could have made one simple change that would have... They could have started the movie. And I know we can't let's talk about the movie we didn't see. They could have literally started the movie with them being Madam Web, with them being whatever, with them being the heroes. And then do all of that other shit that they, that was the main part of this movie as flashbacks. And then just, just invert this movie. Yeah. And just give us the history over time and let yeah. us just sort of piece it together, just break it down all the things that could have been done in 15 minutes that they took two hours to do. They
6: could have just, you know, they could it's have avoided funny, all the stuff. And this is something that's interesting too about like that 2003 jab that I had before is that. <laughs> These Sony movies, the Sony—I think part of the problem with the Sony Spider-Man movies, Spider-Verse movies, is that they are still operating in like that early two thousands origin story mode. The ramiverse like, yeah, All yeah. of yeah. these movies are origin stories, mm-hmm. and like, I don't care. I don't care no about Madame well, Webb. They like, don't go ahead, John. They don't have Spider-Man.
4: Correct. They don't. They don't I'll have do Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah but and. Like, and and I, can I just ask you a question. I, I know I I mean I'm the only sane person here who didn't go see this movie. <laughs> <He> said, um, <laughs>
3: who's pregnant?
4: <laughs>
3: Emma Roberts uh, is Emma Richard, Roberts.
6: Richard, May.
4: Uh, May. It,
3: it, no, 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 no. No, no, no. She, she's no no, no. Richard She's not, Parker's not right. she's, yes. she's Richard Parker. Okay, wife. you keep saying yeah.
4: Ben Parker, and I'm like, Ben's the uncle.
3: Yes. Ben we, Parker. So it's Richard.
4: Okay. Mary he's Parker, doing yeah.
2: he's like, like sister did sister Sony fuck it up so bad. No 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 no, 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 They're right. They're right. Okay. They're right. And, and um, Richard Parker's off doing spy stuff yes. in Istanbul. Yeah. yeah. So they, like they oh, hint they at
4: May. They get the spy Parker. Yeah. Yes. God damn you, Sony. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they I hint... don't
4: even See this movie and you screw it up. <laughs> they hint
3: at Aunt May because at one point he's like, oh, um, he tells Cassie that he's seeing someone and he thinks she's the yes. one. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't exactly. They never say her name, but and you never see her on screen. But it's like, right. okay, this but is supposed to be the point. With yeah. Wait, is yeah. Adam
4: Scott Ben Parker?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: I like that. I he's think he great. does say the he's name fine. once. No, he doesn't. As say he's May. going to her, her house, I don't think he
3: says May at all. He doesn't say May,
1: but Mary, like you know it. he, says Mary. he said thing. Mary. You're right. This okay. is
6: the thing. Like people know it. It's like get over yeah. yourselves. I don't need these origin stories anymore. No, and if Marvel has done anything right by the superhero genres. It was getting away from those kind of, like, by-the-numbers origin stories, Mm -hmm. you know, for Spider-Man in particular, right? The reason why the Tom Holland movies did a little bit better than the Andrew Garfield ones is because they did away with the origin story, you know, and they just told Mm -hmm. interesting pieces. And, you know, I I think about some of these movies that we've loved that have been different, like, genre style different, like Birds of Prey, right? Like, that's a movie that, like, is is like doing something totally kind of removed from the superhero genre, right? There's like the, the origin elements of that film is like secondary to just the the story they want to tell. Right. And the effort that they put in here of taking us to the Amazon to study spiders before she died for 20 minutes at the beginning of this movie, like take us out of that. You want to tell a time travel detective story tell that fucking story. Like, I don't need to know. I don't need to watch Dakota Johnson try to make an origin story that she gives zero shits about. Interesting. You know what I mean?
3: You made a two hour origin story about a character that nobody knows and nobody cares about. Yeah. So where are they they going to be at the end of
6: it either? Yeah. 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 Like, like the movie should open with Mary Parker in the hospital and that fucking guy, you know, rolling in, in a spider suit, trying to like kidnap the baby or whatever. And And the the spider women show up up. that like, that's Mm -hmm. the movie, you know, and then just chase chase for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's it. But the effort to like do an origin story is so 2003 that it's like, what are you doing? what do you do
3: hundreds of millions of dollars wasted on trash. Every, every one of their
6: movies is an origin story that's what i mean that's not your work either no like the the worst parts of morbius is fucking what he's in the amazon getting bats to bite him. whatever <laughs> yeah. you know like like that's like that is so secondary to why people want to see that movie which is just like vampires doing shit you know what i mean you know and we're at a stage now we're like Those can be done with flashbacks. Those can be
2: done with, you know... uh, Like Captain Marvel, where we told it reversed. We didn't see what really happened until two-thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, or even the Marvels, right? Which
6: is just like... Like, that movie is like a hundred minutes, right? Didn't need to be any baggier. And does not necessarily take the time to give us origins for Kamala or uh monica partly because obviously they exist elsewhere but also not everyone watched those but no one cares little flashbacks with the scroll things G- give me yeah, a minute and a half and i get it like be yeah. creative and that's that's i think going back to again i keep going back to steve's point because i agree with it like a hundred percent is like the movie's boring because it's lazy because it, it does not try to do anything innovative or creative and in a in a space like this with a genre like this the people are already complaining about fatigue and by the number stuff like sony you got to get your life together if you're going to keep making these movies
3: it's just yeah. war. it's just it's just a waste of a space right. that could have been filled yeah. by some by a character that was more engaging and yeah, give a me a story that that. No, no, vain. I want to. Yeah. I
6: want to make something clear. I, I like the Spider women yeah. angle. No, no, no. I think it's so interesting. And no, I, I'm talking about the story their... that they
3: has. Madame Web ever had a book? No, that's what I'm saying. This is a character that was a side character, but, but in her
6: web ties them all together. I don't care. Then Those glasses her...
1: at the end? <laughs> oh, it's awful. Yo, then, she got listen. those off the back of a cereal box. Then, <laughs> then, oh, did, did they Hol- put her in the her sunglasses ass. thing? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like right.
6: somehow they, she's she's she, there's there are convenient explosions at the she end. She was, of the was real I'm happy blinded, in, like, about fireworks. it too.
2: Like she was getting. Yeah. She was like, yeah. Why is she in a wheelchair at the end? I didn't understand. that
6: Well, because the no. character is, and this is the thing. It's yeah, like but uh, there's nothing in the movie.
3: But anyway, like, I, like her, she was, yeah. she was moving when she got out of the water. But I was like, yeah. I love,
1: her. I love the nurse that comes in and just goes, "You don't look like family." And she's like, "They are, they're mine." And she huh. just leaves, like she look at the chart, she didn't check her yep. vitals, nothing. Yep.
3: <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, just so much suspension and belief that they anticipated that we were going to do here. I just, uh, well, somewhere it's very... nice
6: to see, you know, we, 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 we rid movies and we like movies, but it's nice to see that, you know, this movie is not pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. Yeah. And we're sitting here screaming at clouds. Like yeah. it, it is kind of universally been, um, um, despised. Just, but... And I'm just they... gonna,
3: I'm just gonna say it because I know it's going to trigger people. And Batgirl couldn't make it to screen.
1: Wow. Amen. Come on now. <laughs> you know, like on paper or or even in execution, this could have been a fun movie introducing you know four major characters into a universe to kind of inject some life into it for you know get people to care about anything that doesn't star Tom Holland's Spider Man, and it just squanders it entirely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Right. It add... could have
1: been about sisterhood. Ooh. It could have been about like all the themes that they were trying to get across. And never even, never got there. Never even got a foot off the ground or in the door for any of those things. Yeah. Couldn't be honest, care about uh, anybody in this movie. Sorry. The last, Sp- the last oh.
4: Spider-Man movie shows they don't need Tom Holland. They could do Andrew Garfield Spider-Man here. Or they could do a Miles Morales Spider-Man here Look, and create their own
6: Sony Spider-Man-verse. The bottom line is they, yeah. they they cannot figure it out.
0: No. And,
6: they, and no. they will not figure it out until nope. Holland resi- like retires from the Spider-Man thing and they can be like alright, let's do something new. So really genuinely, no. and this movie makes you feel it more so than even the Morbius film and the Venom film. Like makes you feel it even more. Sony is straight up like, what properties do we have? What can we make? Because we can't do Spider-Man. We can't do no. Spider-Man separate from Marvel Studios, right? Until it, they're done with him, right? Um, which could be soon. Holland has said he doesn't yeah. want to do it much more longer, right? But, like, the Craven thing, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I don't care how many abs he has, like... Like that movie, that. I can tell you exactly what that fucking movie is going to be about right now. Beat for beat. <laughs> you know, let like, me yeah. ask you, let me ask you this. I hope the lion's
4: worth it, dad. What do you
1: What do you think? What do you think happens with Craven now? Because we out. saw we have to release it. It's here's the thing, out. though. Like, I understand the um, like the the pandemic happened. This was after the pandemic. And then the strikes happened. And I get that that messes, that puts gum in the works and all that. But we've seen an, an, our red band trailer for Craven the Hunter. A red band trailer is a studio's showcase for a movie that they've got coming out. This is the violence. This is the cursing. This is the, this is the nitty gritty that you're going to be seeing in this movie. How, how long ago was that? And what, has happened to that movie ever since. It has been months.
6: It's come out this summer, isn't it? Well, it's supposed to come out in November, and now I don't think it has to be. I'm going to look it up. But here's the thing. If, if God forbid, they do want to do a Sinister Six movie, you don't need Madam Web and all of that. To be a part of it, right, and he I think that Giamatti in
2: a rhino suit
6: I think the re-editing of Madame Webb to like make it a standalone story mm-hmm. is by design once they kind of realize what they did have and yeah, um, you only
4: have three you only have venom morbius and Craven and vulture vulture vulture
6: scorpion and whoever else and they want oh and uh, no no and uh, chameleon chameleon's gonna be in Craven I think oh yeah because that's his brother okay yeah. That's okay. his brother. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Didn't know I, oh, yeah.
4: That's going way back. Yeah. yeah.
1: Craven, I'm watching the trailer for Craven. Craven on my other is go- screen. I,
6: I'll tell you what it's about. Craven Craven, and his brother are like, who, who does dad love more? And then, and then you fast forward to 30 years. It's 1973, and then it's 2003. And he finds out his brother's still alive, and they got a fight. And they're fighting for daddy's love, but they're not fighting for daddy's love. They're fighting for a sense of self, and and that's what Craven's all about. He's like, no, I'm I am the hunter, you know. And then that's that's what that fucking movie's gonna be about. Oh,
2: good. Now I don't have to see it. Thanks, Joey.
3: Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> I've never liked that character to begin with, so I. I
6: it's not uh, supposed to be. A, it's not supposed to be a uh, protagonist of a film. And then it's he buries
0: just,
4: I,
3: himself in a coffin and shoots himself in
0: the a- uh, yeah,
3: like, head. I, I hate, I dislike him for the same reason that I sometimes dislike Wilson Fisk. Whoever writes him modifies his abilities to equal Super that story. of whatever character, yeah, he's going up against. So, what was the one thing? It was like even one of the cartoons, where like they were just like, You think this is fat? This is all muscle. I'm like, no, bitch, that's fast. Yeah. What are
0: you doing?
1: Just to it give you mark. an idea as to where Craven the Hunter is at, I'm watching this trailer over here, the one that we saw. It says coming in October. It comes out August 30th. Mm-hmm. They haven't even bothered to recut this and update the title wow. card for the uh, release date. That's how much faith they have in this.
6: Look, man. Anyway, coming sometime anyway (laughs) maybe (laughs) madam webb is one of the few films that like usually after these movie reviews we're like you know what go see it have a good time make an opinion for yourself this is one of the few times where i've actively been telling people like please just don't just don't don't even bother no don't Don't,
1: don't do what i did don't don't try to have faith don't believe in anything don't waste your money do What yes. I did, honestly, make
4: your friends go see it <laughs> yeah. and then laugh <laughs> yeah. as they uh. blow up over it, and you can just sit and listen sit back with your feet up. Anyway, let's talk about something nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it's some comic comics.
0: Books. <laughs>
1: Joey, you haven't been here in a dog's sure. age. Why don't you go first? Well, thankfully, I got some good stuff this week.
6: Um, I haven't been able to read much because of the show. Uh, the show was wonderful, by the way. Really, really great. Really, really warm reception. Um, Twelfth Night, Shakespeare. Still still, still kicking, right. you know? That's
1: awesome. Um,
6: but anyway, uh, I before the show today, I was like, you know what? Let me read some comics that I could talk about. And last week, there were a ton of number ones out from Image and Boom that I wanted to make sure I read. Um, and they were all fantastic and all different in their own way and worth reading. So I'll, I'll lead with that. Uh, the first one I read was the displaced. Number one, uh, this is from boom, Ed Brisson and uh, Luca Casalanguida Ooh. with uh D. Kind of colors. This one, I, again, I didn't know. I, anytime I pick up a number one, I never really know what it's about, uh, but I'm reading and you're introduced to these characters and they're all in this like Canadian town called Oshawa, um, Oshawa, Ontario. And, you know, they're all living their lives. Um, You know, one has a new baby and she's got to run out to get diapers. So she leaves her husband and, and the baby at home. And another one is at the bar with friends and uh, gets a call that he has to cut, go to the hospital because his dad is sick. And they're all they're all like kind of they leave a shower for a little bit to go to what they're doing. And then this old crazy guy like blocks the highway with a flaming bus. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? We need to go back home. Like, please let us through. And he's like, you can't go. You can't go. And then Oshawa disappears, vanishes off the face of the earth, sinkhole, gone, crazy. No one knows where it is. Um, And all the people that were like our main characters who left are like, we need to go back. We need to go back, you know, like lost. Right. Um, And then at the end of the issue, spoilers, but not because the solicit is Pretty explicit here. Um, The sinkhole where Oshawa was closes and everyone forgets that Oshawa existed except for our our people that were out of the town uh, at the moment that it disappeared. Loving that. Really cool mystery, and I got to tell you, I've 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 been a fan of Ed Brisson for a while. Uh, but Luca Castellingueta's artwork is so cool, like really, uh, it has these like noir crime tinges to it, which makes the kind of eerie paranoia of the text really wonderful. This um, place number one from Boom, really cool mystery. I'll definitely be picking up the second issue. Um, I also read The Infernals, number one. This was from Image. Uh, I'll read the solicit here because it's hilarious. Um, Abraham Morgenstern, the son of Satan, has one <laughs> month to live. Before he dies, he must decide which of his three wayward children, volatile narcissist Nero, conflicted field operative jackal, or troubled schoolgirl Baphomet – um, will inherit his shadowy empire. It's like only the son of Satan will be like, what should I name my kids? Jackal, Baphomet, and Nero. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, which of them will inherit his shadowy empire? Uh, but will Abe ever be able to truly cede control of the apocalypse? Or does the Antichrist have something else up his sleeve? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um. So first of all, this book is written by... Ryan Parrott, who also writes the Power Rangers
2: books, which is wow.
6: wild to me, um, and Noah Gardner. Um, and the artist on it is John Pearson, who did an issue of the Department of Truth and uh, did the graphic novel Blue and Green with Rom V that a bunch of us read, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell so yeah. knowing Department of Truth, right? And uh, what's... what's a normal artist on Department of Truth? What was his name?
1: Oh, oh god, I should know this. Michael something. Anyway,
6: um knowing that aesthetic, that's also what John Pearson is doing here. So it's really inky and and rich and 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 he's drawing angels and demons like biblically, they're terrifying, you know? Um really cool, really really cool first issue. Um I'm always a sucker for a a, a son of satan, you know, story. Um uh the other number one I read was The Cabinet, number one, David Ebeltoft and Jordan Hart with art by Chiara Romandi. Um, I'll read The Solicit here because honestly, if I don't read The Solicit, you, you'll you have no idea what this book is about. Um, in this vibrant tongue in cheek adventure series, atypical teen Avani and Midwestern Jock Trent teleport across a post Cold War landscape to collect bizarre relics. Why? Well, because they need to summon the arcane powers of a resplendent 17th century cabinet to fix a teeny tiny mistake the last time Ivani used it, unleashing an ancient evil from its prison and accidentally slaughtering her own parents. Is that what happened to that book? That's, uh-huh. je- it's crazy. This book is crazy. It right? is. like. It opens with this little girl Ivani, and she's like playing with all these little tchotchkes. she calls them doodads and then you find out she's playing with the doodads so she can activate the magic powers of this like cabinet and then the cabinet like awakens the demon and also like Ooh. um like brings like these like these like w- warrior monks to assassinate them and then like the cabinet like unleashes this evil, and her hmm. mom is like jump into the cabinet and go away and come back and save us. You can change time. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? But here's the thing. Ramondi's art is so freaking cool. (laughs) It is so cool. It's pink and neon and vibrant. The closest corollary I had is also the cover artist. Marguerite Sauvage is doing covers for it. It's this like funky pop, like, like, it's so fun and i think part of what the book is doing is like yeah we have this crazy whimsical magic like you know um crazy story but the aesthetic matches that so it has this like kineticism to it that like i'm here for it i'm here for the ride whatever happens it looks like Um, it was
1: colored with highlight markers
6: yes it's so crazy
1: um
6: displays how many issues
2: is gonna be I
1: don't
6: you know? know. I'm sure knowing image and boom, they're probably four or five issues. Okay. Uh, they might go on. Who knows if they do well. Um, but those three, number ones, displaced cabinet infernals, really, really fun. Last thing I want to talk about, because I want to make sure I talk about it. Cause I really love it. Thunderbolts. Uh, this is on third issue. It's only four. Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing art by uh, Geraldo Borges. Um, I love it. Thunderbolts is great. I talked about Lansing and Kelly's captain America runs already. I love them so much and the fact that they get to put this little coda on it is so fun um, for those that haven't been reading it first of all please do but second of all it's Bucky getting a team together to take out the Red Skull once and for all and um, the third issue is uh, he teams up with Shang-Chi in Hong Kong to try and like figure out what's going on with US Agent and his buddy Todd Ziller who you may or may not know is American Kaiju Uh, which is crazy. And, uh, things go awry when Shang tries to go, you know, ask us agent and Todd, if they want to, you know, join the team and Todd turns into American Kaiju and Bucky with his freaking gun is like, all right, I guess I gotta go take care of this giant monster (laughs) raging in Hong Kong um it's a ton of fun the artwork's cool i love bucky and i love this book i love what lansing and kelly have have really done with the character um and there's one more issue so we'll see what happens
2: that's what i've been up to (laughs) i've been peeking at that at the store i've been trade waiting on that one i'm glad to hear your positive review
6: oh it's a ton of fun and obviously like the premise of like you know bucky's just like you know what I'm sick of this Red Skull asshole. Like, let's get over you know? here. <laughs> and uh, the first issue sets that up so clearly. The second issue is a ton of fun, too. Third issue. And then finally, the fourth issue. It's in the Solicit, so it's not a spoiler, but you know where this Red Skull's hiding? Latveria, baby. So that's Ooh. where they're going next for the finale. Um, so we'll see how it goes. It's a book I'd love to see continue. Who knows? I think, if, I think if Marvel loses Lansing and Kelly, they're losing two really interesting voices and great architects for some corners of the universe. So I hope they find a space for them uh, if, if what they've been doing with Bucky and, and the, the Cap corner um, goes away. I have not been reading the JMS Captain America. That first issue turned me off so bad that I just...
2: Yeah, nope. I... Looked at it at the store, didn't I? Don't like his work on other characters, so I, well, Babylon 5, yeah, fine, great, yeah, comics, not I, so much.
6: I, I haven't liked his stuff since Thor, and his Thor one got cut short, so like I, that's that's it. Like, I he hasn't really done anything else yeah. for me in a while.
2: Spider Totems, his Wonder Woman wasn't great either, mm. Mm. going way way back. It's, uh, good writer, jo- good person,
1: but yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. Uh, Joey, have you checked out Avengers Twilight yet? No,
6: I I've got those on my iPad. I have a bunch of things from the last couple of weeks that like
2: I think you'll I'm really so like. So excited to read! Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. has um, got me on that one. Yeah, I'm getting that one too. That's is that Chip Zdarsky? Yeah,
0: yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. that guy. That guy.
4: That guy. So he's, some updates. Got a oh, go future. Ahead, he's got a future. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, gonna go he's gonna go
1: far. He's gonna go places. <laughs> um, some updates for your lightning round. Uh, the cabinet is going to be five issues. Nice. Uh, the Department of Truth artist is Martin Simmons.
0: Hmm, hmm.
1: Um, and that's all I got for you. But that's um, why, that's why you're the host, Chief. Ha- the it's Cabinet.
2: Fact checking in real time.
1: I know. It's, I was saying... it's like <laughs> the news. <laughs> the Cabinet was a trip. Like that is the only. I felt like that. That book started with a kick in the face. Yep. And just didn't let up until even the parts that were supposed to be like quiet and setting things up. I was like, this book is so like visually assaulting in the best way possible that I can't help but be engaged with it. And before I knew it, it was over. And I was like, whoa, that was nuts.
6: But, you know, talk about something that we were just talking about before with the the Madam Web movie. It's like that movie that this comic like um, is so high concept and so like fantasy and sci-fi and so many things are going on. But it doesn't think you're stupid like it it like it's like, you know what, just just you're here for a ride. Let's go for it, you know, and (laughs) I was reading the first couple of pages and I was like, Was I supposed to read? Was there like a zero issue? Was there something I missed? Like, was I supposed to read a recap page? But then I was like, you know what? Let me see where this goes. And I'm glad I trusted it because by the end of the issue, I was like, all right, I don't, I understand the physics of what's going on. I understand what's happening. It's a fun ride. I might go back and reread it now. It, you know what else? The, the call was like this. The
1: I was Thompson just going to mention
2: that. Yeah. Same idea.
1: You guys
6: talked about it last
1: week. Oh man. That book.
6: Same so thing. Good. Like that book, like that first issue. I remember being like, first of all, Mathias is already so decompressed that like nothing happens in that book. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to trust that this is going to get somewhere awesome. And even by the end of the first issue, it absolutely did. And um, I think that, I, I think that maybe in my old age, I am just getting <laughs> tired of stories that do getting not, with this shit. that just do not trust that your readers will want to read your story or your viewers will want to watch your mm-hmm. story and you need to like spoon feed them stuff. Like, that's it's so patronizing mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I think like going from man of web to now reading these three number ones that genuinely all three of them just drop you into the mystery or the occult or whatever it is that they're doing i'm like th- like let like, why, i want more of this i want more of this
1: the um i was gonna say the cabinet kind of reminded me of the chronicles of narnia meets cabin in the woods
0: is wow. what i would what yeah. i would there's compare a full quote
6: <laughs> with a little bit of um, with a little bit of uh seven secrets in it i was getting seven secrets vibes from the the wow. story not the artwork mm-hmm. so much but the seven secrets thing too of like oh here's these people and they're like hunting us yeah. down and we don't know who they are like that kind of like intrigue like there's so many layers to it i'm excited it's a really interesting book and like talent that like i'm not ass- i'm not familiar with
1: um, the artists in particular, like yeah, so
6: good, so good.
1: I love the idea of like I'm I've always loved the concept of totems and like totems holding power, and the idea of a like a kid using the totems to try and solve the puzzle and like look at look mom look dad look at what I I can do and just summoning the worst thing possible. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's a good story right there. I'll read that. Yeah, cabinet was good stuff. I enjoyed that. All right, man. Nice return, Joey. That was that was yeah, epic.
2: man. I don't fuck. <laughs>
0: okay. all, right. all right, all right, all
3: right, all right. Gauntlet throne. Yeah. It's
6: short. It's short for I don't fuck around.
1: I, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Wow. What? Flip that, somebody. I all mean, right. that was a, that was a
3: declaration to be made.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: All right, uh, Aaron. Why don't you go next? I don't think I want to. I All right, like, let me see. John, it. my nose. I got him right here. John, you've got a you've got a child running John. up on you.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. oh yeah. All
6: right. Hey. All right. Are we ready to go? Ready to go. Yeah.
3: All right. So I think I'll, yeah, I'll do the books first. So. I realized that I was stacking up the action comics issues and didn't realize I hadn't been reading them. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I should probably read those. And part of that is because I had also been reading Superman, and I just couldn't keep them straight for a while. Um, So I was like, all right, let me go back and catch up on all these. So I started at 1059 and went to uh, 1062. Actually, I think I read 1062 first. I was like, wait, I'm missing something. And so then I went back and realized, oh, I'm missing these other issues so i I read there now ten fifty nine is wrapping up uh philip kennedy johnson's uh oh, yeah. and then it gets into uh Jason Aaron, so it wraps up with a story about quote unquote i 'm going to use air quotes Nora Stone, who is essentially uh, it's not really an original thought process, but it, i i I will get to why I appreciate it. It was essentially trying to tell a story of Earth. It's actually a story similar to what Steele was trying to tell in Steelworks, where they are tired of depending on alien superheroes to save the day. Um, Steele was coming at it from a different perspective where he was just saying, we are tired of only waiting for superheroes to save the day. We should make ourselves more capable of protecting ourselves so that they don't have to be spread so thin and we don't become so weak that we don't recognize that we can also help ourselves. So, but this person decided. Listen, they're going to go in. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna steal the Super Family's thunder, and it really is a Super Family because now you have Superman, John Connor, Kara, uh, Superman H. of Asia, uh, and then you got the two kids from War World. So you got a bunch of them. You got a bunch of them flying around and they all swoop in whenever something's going on. And it's like a gang of like super hell's angels or, or, or you know, whatever. <laughs> they all have all jackets. They jackets. Yeah, They all, jackets so, or, or, yep, they all wear jackets. <laughs> yeah, I guess guardian angels, I suppose is probably the best. Oh no, don't go there. Um, don't go there. So, you know, they still have red berets on. And so the way that this is being done is they're basically saying, Hey, we figured out a, pro- a way to basically give superpowers to humans. Again, not mm. super original. Uh, But you can save yourselves. Turns out what they're doing is basically sapping Kryptonian strength and then just giving it to to someone else and is creating issues with the superpowers, et cetera, et cetera. So once again, we're sort of in this space where we have to see Superman be more than fists and figure out how to sort of resolve things. But there's also um, another weird twist to it that involves one of the twins uh, and their relationship to who it, who really is the big bad in the background. So you got the scenario where you got people once again, you know, getting it's just divisive nature of we can, you know, well, basically America, we can do this ourselves. <laughs> we don't need no stinking aliens um, and setting them up to, you know, setting up humans to be able to do all these things while basically wiping the Kryptonian, wiping superheroes, particularly Kryptonians, you know, off the face, and the, the I don't because I don't want to spoil the whole thing. There is a little twist in the end as to who the big bad really is and how it links back to something that we well, I know at least John and I read. I can't remember that we hated, but it oh, brings it all oh. full circle. Um, so it yeah, completes the story, <laughs> brings it all full circle, um, and has a little twist to it. So I was like, all right, Philip Candy, Johnson. I see what you did there. You tried to tie up some loose ends before you. You stepped up Then we go into uh, Jason Aaron's run With that fine, fine John Tim's art uh, That I always Sometimes confuse with Jorge Jimenez uh, But it's got That very sharp angles And this story is really um, I don't know how to describe it I, it's, it's a Bizarro story But I gotta be honest It's the first time I've seen Bizarro As a big bad that I actually felt for Kind of so uh-huh. we got this scenario where, um, essentially, Bizarro finds himself alone in the universe because I guess he had a Bizarro planet with his Bizarro son and all these Bizarro folks that you know Big he had a world. Yeah, in yep. he, exactly. He had a world over which to rule, but apparently, slight, slight spoiler. Apparently, through the machinations of heroes like those on earth who are charting the multiverse and this crisis after that crisis and this event after that event in the multiverse, his planet is gone. Oh, and he can't find it. He can't figure out where it is and he finds himself alone. And basically he snaps and once he blames Superman and the heroes of earth. And so, yes. And so he finds himself you know, he finds himself in the proximity of some magic and, you know, knowing that he's the opposite of Superman, who is, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable to magic. To magic. Yeah. Not quite the same with, with uh, Bizarro, who is basically supercharged by, by magic. So it creates some problems. Um, he's coming to Earth, and as you move through the, the issues, uh, you begin to realize that all right, what he's really done is basically attempt to reshape Earth as his own uh and it creates some serious problems for everyone, including Lois and all the other superheroes and you know they're doing their last stand and they go to the one person in the world who, if you were to switch everyone's personality, this is how the last issue ends. If you were to switch the personality, who's the one person in the world who would end up sane uh Solomon a- Grundy, nope. This is a nope one
2: on a Monday, baby. But
3: this is <laughs> the one person who is now quote unquote the sanest person <laughs> in the, the world. Pirate. Nope, it, it, you'll, you'll think of it later. Uh, okay. you'll, have, you'll have a laugh. Uh, so the last it, laugh, yeah, the last laugh. Oh, oh. um, so it, it, I gotta be honest. It would have been super easy to write uh, Bizarro as just another big bad who's got no motivation. But I was really sort of hooked in by this sort of emotional tinge of he's he's desperate. He's gone mad. He can't find his, his family. He can't find his plan. He can't find all the people who depended on him. And he can't figure out why. I, it kind of, I was sort of in his corner a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> with you. I was I'm just with, like, I I'm with
2: bad. you. I, I'm with you, Aaron. Back in the day, in, in all the stupid 60s stuff, he struck me as Frankenstein's monster.
0: Yeah, yeah. He,
2: he, he has no control over what's going on, or he, he's Lenny from Of Mice and Men. It's this, this poor creature. Yeah. And what's going on? This sounds great. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's, like
3: it's so funny because they play it off as like, oh, it's a bizarro. Eh, soups to have this handled in a, <laughs> you know, in, in no time. We'll go back to we'll go back to our game. You know, blah blah blah. It turns out not to be the case, and it's just it's it's really by, by issue ten sixty two the stakes have really ramped up, and people are <laughs> dropping like flies. And so wow. um, so far yeah. so far I'm in, I'm enjoying this Jason Aaron. Role. We'll see where this goes. So the next thing I did this was completely by accident. I stumbled across this over the weekend um, mm-hmm. when I fell asleep on the couch and woke up with uh tsunami on Adult Swim. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna put it out there, as you do, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um Ninja, I'm gonna say Kamui. I don't know. It's K A M U I. Um, and I'm hooked. So it's. I'm just gonna what the how they just how I've read it just. Reddit described online, former ninja Joe Higgin escaped his clan and is hiding from his violent past in rural America one night. He is ambushed by a team of assassins from his former organization who exact bloody retribution on Joe for betraying their code. I swear to you, it was like ninja anime John Wick. And I was just like, all right, I am. And this is
2: what you woke up to. This is what I woke up to. crazy, right?
3: (laughs) I was just like, I'm watching. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I am. What is going on? The action scenes were amazing. The the story of the they really set the stage and built the characters. Maybe they should have thought about this. Maybe they should have watched this when they were doing Madame um, Madam Webb. They really Oops. built up the characters so that when those assassinations come it in the way that they were assassinated, it really, really hurt. Um and it's just and it's a story where it's not uh, you know I I will say I don't always love anime where there's just a lot of exposition just a lot of explaining everything that you're doing I'm taking a step to the left I'm taking a step to the right I will do these things blah 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 this don't, is don't a tell. Yeah. yes this is a very noirish type it's a combination of things it's very noirish it's very um actiony it's it's it's, it's you know uh, intrigue and suspense and it's, it doesn't hold back. It is as violent as it needs to be. It is, it's, it it makes the emotional point. And I was trying to, I was searching all over the place. I'm like, where is this? Where is it? Well, it turns out it's airing on max. So uh, there's only two episodes out there right now. Uh, and I am all in and I'm going to just watch this thing until it just, it, it it's no more. I really, really, I was just hooked. So I'm really, really, really digging it. So just a recommendation. You never really hear me talk about anime a whole lot because a lot of it is sort of bizarre. Um, but I, I really enjoy this. So that's my lightning round. Who's that question?
0: Uh, that like when you talk of...
2: about so, sort of noir sort of stuff, that the explanations are always part of that, right? It's why people people didn't complain about the original Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Because there's a voiceover, but that's the, the conceit of those '40s film noir movies. Your I protagonist that, is always explaining what's going on while it's happening, kind of kind of deal. I think so
3: Yes. Yeah, that's. I think one of the the interesting things that anime does that you know, so their order, other animated shows don't do is. They act because of the care with which they are drawn. it, they do a lot with expressions, like facial expressions and movements, and camera moves and, and angles. Sort of, and of. Yep, 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 Yeah, that sort of tells those things that tells a part of the story that you know you probably wouldn't get from you know in America. It's interesting to go back and watch something like a, a Invincible. Versus well, Okay, I don't know what Joey is doing. Joey's is having some issues there. It's interesting going back to to watching something like an Invincible, which in and of itself is a is a good story. Versus something like this, which those subtle like glances and and sort of camera moves and angles, it's it so much is said with those things that add to the story that you know you you don't often get from other types of animation so i think i i think that's what sort of drew me in. i don't have to hear them saying a lot of words to understand what the story is you know Mm -hmm. and i think that was kind of interesting so it's on max check it out ninja and i'm gonna spell again k-a-m-u-i so check it out so max two episodes out there now
1: i i think i said this last week or the week before that if you find the time i would love for you to go on to netflix Check out the first episode of Blue Eye Samurai. I think I
3: wrote that down.
1: Tell me that you don't want to immediately watch the rest of it. I was blown away by that first episode. It's been check. a while since I've seen something in like the anime arena that just absolutely grabbed me. I love a good anime,
3: I'm telling you. It's just gonna, I just can't follow all the tropes of, like I said, just being... like I. Uh, that same night, I don't, get, I, I don't come for me, folks... I know there's a lot of people that like uh Naruto. Yeah, I'm sorry. But <laughs> careful now. They <laughs> have been I watched like a few episodes. There is a single fight that has lasted three episodes. Oh yeah,
1: man, that's the because, that's the makeup of those things
3: cuz they keep explaining every single thing. <laughs>
0: yes. Every
3: single move. Where is this power coming from? Where is this? This is my last move. move. It's going to do this. Back when I was a young cub, I couldn't figure out how to do this. And I'm just like, (laughs) oh, my God.
1: 90% of anime from that era is just talking about what they're doing on the screen at that moment. That's very
2: Stan Lee 60s. It's very One last chance. Yeah. It's
1: very Scooby-Doo and very Thundercats. Okay, it drives me crazy. I see it right here, Steve. Blue Eye Samurai, right, and it is it is already on my list. Look at that. It's I just watched the first episode and and then report back. Let me know what you think. We'll do.
3: Yeah, but I, like I said, this is this shows better than it tells, and I I just love it. I could I couldn't I I tried to watch Naruto again. I'm just like I can't I can't. You guys just have to shut up. You just have to stop talking and just throw throw the fucking
1: punch. That's all I'm saying. Just throw the punch. I get so angry when I'm playing Fortnite and I get killed by a Dragon Ball Z character. Because I have this like built-in rage for that particular series. (laughs) I had a friend who was super into it. He inherited a bunch of money and blew thousands upon thousands of dollars on Dragon Ball replicas for his apartment. Yikes. And I think he told me they were like six grand or something like that. And I just, I wanted to kill him. (sighs) Anyway. Anyway. um, I say this every time I did start reading them and then I felt like I was missing something, but maybe this is a case where I just need to keep going. But I do want to catch up with action comics and you saying that there's a great Bizarro story uh, peppered in there makes me want to read it even more.
4: Did you read the annual, Aaron?
3: I did. <laughs> wait, it
4: no. took
1: me a second. I'm like, wait. I know. I feel like I missed something.
3: I did too. <laughs> I jumped into it it's like,
4: this is Aaron. This is what? Because I haven't read the Jason Aaron stuff, but I ended the annual and it's like, I had to go back and read that. But that was, it, I like the annual. It was. I thought really that was, was fun. Man. Yeah. It
3: was all good. It threw me off. It really threw me off. Yeah. I was zigzagging back and forth trying to make sure I was reading everything in the right order. Because yeah. in my... For some reason, am um, I not comicsology anymore? But my Kindle PC thing, it. yeah. Um, oh, because I was reading it in I I a reading it in a Kindle. It wasn't because I had already purchased it, but it wasn't in the same folder as all the other Action Comics.
4: Oh,
0: it's okay. weird.
3: I don't know. It was weird, but I had to find it. But I found because. But I went back and realized to be concluded in Action Comics Annuals. Yes. I'm like, oh, no. oh. I'm like okay. that's why. Okay, go we'll find it because this story makes no sense. <laughs> so but yeah no it's good stuff i enjoy it i i really enjoy it i i you know i really begun to really like uh, philip kennedy johnson and i was just like i like the heart that he's bringing into the story oh the one other thing I'm, i like that he closed out that story nugget of john feeling the way he does mm-hmm. about the twins being adopted yeah. and them calling lois and uh we're calling superman papa and yeah. you know Lois oh. mom and all that stuff it was because that was really something that was sitting sideways with john a little bit um and it wasn't something that he was like angry angry about but it was something that he's mentioned in a couple of issues adjusting to having siblings and adjusting to their focus now being on the kids and I think it specifically had to do with that whole five year chunk of his life yeah. where he was he was gone. Was well, kind Jor-El
2: of or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, still, that yeah. still count? Because his yeah. crazy
3: grandfather kidnapped
4: him.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, it's also parallel to John
4: dealing with uh, not John, but um, Connor dealing with oh. John. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: That yeah. Perspective. So
2: du- du- double middle child syndrome. Is Basically. <laughs>
0: Basically, there.
2: yes.
3: Basically, yes. Yes. But I like that he he sort of wrapped up. I wouldn't say he wrapped up that story but he addressed it before he uh threw up a peace sign and rolled out. He's I think he's going to be around. I think he's going to do some Superman on the main book too. Gotcha. So but... Yeah, but that Superman and the Authority we uh God <laughs> damn. So, it. Well, reconnection i was like oh boy. you can't yeah.
4: you can't pretty up a turd you just we can't, can't do it
3: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we did not have to revisit this put a nope. ribbon on a turd yeah. it's a turd <laughs> it's yep. still a turd we could have kept this going uh and i love the way they announced it like everyone would have been excited like they put it in the book like mm-hmm. uh, this happened and blah 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 i'm like you you put that in there like you expect us to be excited about that no <laughs> we're we're not like some poor schmuck's gonna go back and buy the trade. Exactly. I'm like, don't do that. That's just don't rude. do that. Don't. <laughs> so anyway,
1: okay. Now I'm done officially. Very good. All right, uh, John. You didn't get to join in the Madam Web talk. You've been kind of quiet <laughs> for most of this episode. Let's have you do a lightning round real
0: quick.
4: Okay. I I'll bring some positive and I'll bring some yeah. Not negative, ooh, ooh. but but uh, eh. um,
6: but, a, but a what the hell is happening?
4: Yes, what the hell <sighs> is happening? Um, first off, Amazing Spider Man number 40 through 43, Zeb Wells, writer, uh, John Romita Jr. on pencils, and Scott Hanna on inks. That's still a thing, apparently. Um, this is the gang war storyline. So, oh boy, uh, uh no, it's good. Uh, Marvel's Underworld has exploded into warfare as the various crime families of New York are attempting to consolidate power. So you have the Rose, which is the son of Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin. You got the Heat, which is all the corrupt police in Hell's Kitchen. You got the Owl. uh, You got Diamondback. You got Hobgoblin. You got Mr. Negative. You got Shang-Chi and his Five Weapons Society, which are actually good guys, but they're posing as bad guys. You got Mr. Negative... Uh you got the Magia because apparently you couldn't the mafia you, is copyrighted, I guess. So they called themselves <laughs> yeah, they, the Magia they, back they, in the they day. Were,
2: they were very fast forward about doing that yes. back here. Yeah. <laughs> copyrighted that that thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And then you have the Beetle, who is the daughter of Tombstone, and she's taken over her father's territory. Um, and so most of this uh storyline deals with Spider-Man and his allies, mostly She-Hulk, and then Power Man, who is supporting a Horrible mask in this because yes, uh, New York City is still outlawed um, heroes. And so he's hiding himself because he's the mayor. Uh, Spider Woman, <laughs> Miles Morales, Electra, Doomsday, and Tombstone itself is allied with Spider Man to help save mm. his daughter from following his horrible path into crime. Uh, they spent the majority of this event on defense, putting out fires all over town. Uh, Spidey, She-Hulk, Tombstone uh, have been trying to stop the beetle from becoming her father there's a great issue number 41 if you've been reading the Iron Man and the X-Men books you've been seeing Wilson Fisk and uh, Typhoid Mary having some marital issues at the Hellfire Club and so they bring in Tombstone and Spider-Man and just basically have a brawl (laughs) they just have a big brawl to, uh work out some frustrations and then they just have a cute little moment at the end where they just they're not going back into crime they just wanted to work out some tension and then they're going back on their um merry ways hmm. uh but the main story here is Madame mask has uh uh taken over the machia or the magia I don't even know how they pronounce it it's the mob um she's uh taken down silvermane who is the original leader and what? he's yeah a cyborg. Um, she's wait, used... wait, he's a cy- cyborg now, he's always been a cyborg, Bob. Um, Silvermane has okay. been a cyborg since the 1960s or 70s, okay? So, um, um, yes, you're fight, right, you're right. Fight, I'm sorry. fight,
6: fight, fight.
2: No, you're
4: he's, um, right. he's completely right because he, he didn't want to right give now. up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob and John, gang war, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she's using his head as a paperweight, and since he's a cyborg, he's still aware that he's asked. Am I being used as a paperweight? And she says, yes. Um, and she's <laughs> and then she's also taking down her father, Count Nefaria. Um
2: the one he problem... Him. he was grab what he was Gravitron, though. What, 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 what that's not he went back him. he went back
4: to his original title, Camp Count Nefaria. Oh, okay.
2: uh, I'm um, going be a
4: count. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. Um, and then we have a big climactic climactic showdown, and this is where I kind of have a problem. Um you've got a gang warfare all over New York city and you decide to have your big showdown in the middle of central park at high noon. Um, sure. Sure. Why, why not, not? not? I guess. But anyway, it's a fun event. It's very cohesive. You can just read the Spider-Man books and know everything that's going on. I dabbled into the daredevil. Cause of my, my, uh, my shop pulls daredevil for me. So I read the daredevil with, uh, It's Electra Daredevil-focused. It's uh, written by Erica Schultz and art by Sergio de Villa. It's uh, Daredevil cleaning up Hell's Kitchen from the heat. But anybody who's a fan of the Tom Taylor Wolverine, uh, Bellana, the um, albino Wolverine clone, shows up in it. Uh, It's just a good story. It's got one more issue in it. And then there's one more issue of the gang war. Uh, But if you've been enjoying the Spider-Man reboot, uh, this is kind of the... Another big uh, storyline event that that's uh, done really well. Now to a storyline event that's I'm missing. I don't know. I'm missing pieces. Oh. I don't know what's going on here. Um, Ball of the House of X number two. Gary Dugan writer. Lucas Wernock art. I'm just kind of giving up. Uh, somewhere out there, no. an entire an entire part of this story is happening. And I don't know where it is because I'm lost. And the, it's the only expl- explanation that's possible is that I read every X book. I've read every X book. And I've if read, you're read lost. The, <laughs> I've read every wow. X book of the fall of X. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, I get, I understand Polaris and Brew uh, and the brood are taking down the bloom, which is Orcus's base. Um, check. Got that. Um, I guess Shadow Cat's rescuing Cyclops now. I thought it was Wolverine and Colossus, but now Shadowcat Shadow Cat. Got it. Check whatever. They're trying to find Firestar. She's not there. Okay, I get it. Rogue Gambit, they hid Manifold. When did they hide Manifold? Don't I remember. don't know. I don't remember. Was it it might must have been in one of their mini-series? But when No. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, I'm gonna spoil this. When she rips off her effing face and she's not even rogue and she's some like celestial. No, that wasn't a vision.
3: Yeah, that was a vision vision. that Manifold was having. He was seeing his sister. Oh my God, I don't even get this anymore. His sister was communicating. (laughs) Basically, his sister, if I'm remembering correctly, his sister was basically (laughs) (laughs) trying to tell him, don't be angry at them. They were doing it for your own good. And then, but they didn't know they weren't aware that that happened. That's why he was suddenly in a good mood. This is so poor storytelling, I don't even know what's going on anymore.
0: <laughs> I just the way, did you see the I,
3: reference where they said, uh, to see what's happening here, check out uh, Iron Man, uh, number 15. I'm like, oh, you mean the one that's going come out till next? Yeah, week? It's,
4: not, it's not even, it's not even, it's not, it's, I don't, I'm, it's like. I I, uh, because okay, all the X books are ending. They they they're canceling everything. Mm -hmm. There's no relaunch date. There's (laughs) there's there's no finite like you have to be done by this point to restart everything. Why are they doing such a piss poor job of ending a storyline that had? epic potential i mean we all loved Kirko, and i know we come on there every time we get together and we do this show the three of us and then when steve pops in and then he goes fuck this i'm out of here
1: it got to be too much after a while
4: it is but it is i i read every one of these and i can't even tell what's going on anymore i don't know how gary dugan knows what the hell is going on I Gillen's gotta be on the out the door. Like he's just got like a toe in the door. Um RV Silva's not even finishing the Rise of the Powers of Ten. They got a fill-in artist on the miniseries, so he's wow. probably moving on to something else. It's just a train wreck of a conclusion. There's no way they stick this landing in a in a way that makes it enjoyable. And now now that you explain it to me it makes sense but it's so damn conv- convoluted i'm like i don't even understand what this book is anymore yeah and it's it's really
6: difficult it's so i'm sorry i'm done no I'm i done. i x. i am yeah. also reading a lot of the fall of x i think the only book that i have not read consistently is wolverine um but you know there's so many things that ha- there's i the, the only answer is so many things happen in not enough space, not yeah. enough time, and yeah. it, and I think John, you 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 nailed it. And we mentioned this. I think when the book started, that we were like, "Hmm, why are they pushing through all of this stuff?" First of all, why are they pushing through all of this stuff when they took five months to do a bunch of miniseries? Very mm-hmm. bad. and then also now are, are doing this as well, stretching it out over the course of the year. You know, um, especially because like the the. The beginnings, hawkspox, going all the way back, and to be clear, Krakoa has been going on for about five years now at this point, mm-hmm. which is yeah. wild. So, so that's very impressive, but the 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 kind of care and pacing and high concept of that miniseries, and then to look at these two, Rise of X and Powers of X, that are just like. Th- three years worth of storytelling in four issues,
0: mm-hmm.
6: you know, like Polaris and Brew. I would have very much rather read that than yeah. <laughs> Cable, whatever the hell. Cable versus the Vault, Children of the Vault. You know, I um. There's just so much happening, and I, I honestly like. Last time I saw Manifold was at the end of Sword, and that was it. Like we never figured out where he well, went. Now we know. He's now we bad. know. Yeah. Now we know he's just been buried out there, right? And it's like he's been buried at the happening. mansion
4: for some reason. Yeah.
6: Everything on. is happening, and none of it is landing in a moment it,
3: outside of time. Sorry,
6: yeah because in. but not because they're not interesting, and not because they're not like story beats that I want to see. Like I want to see Kitty, sorry, Kate Pride. You know, Shadow breaking man. breaking Cyclops out of prison. I want to see. Anytime, I, anytime Colossus, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler team up, I love it. I want to mm-hmm. see that, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime Colossus has to carry Wolverine's unconscious body off of a spaceship, I'm like, this is classic yeah. X-Men. You know yeah, what I mean? Classic. Yeah. Like, classic X-Men. And it's like, I, it, but it's like half of a panel on the corner of one page right. here. Oh.
0: And, and it's like, you,
6: what is happening? And you
4: have the major reveal of the person who ends up saving Cyclops, who's been like, a major antagonist, and it's just like, oh, by the way, I'm good.
3: Wow. Like,
6: who
4: does wow. it? Who does yeah.
3: it? Yeah. Well, the woman doctor, the, yeah, orcus the doctor. doctor.
6: Oh, from his husband all the way back became from, Nimrod. All the way back from the beginning yeah, the of the act.
3: But House remember, he, he. See, okay, I, well, first of all, I'm not defending this, but I'm just explaining these <laughs> couple of loose ends. I'm not defending this because it's, it's all over the place. Thank you, Columbo. They, they <laughs> Just one more thing. No. Yeah. They <laughs> explain that because yeah. Scott planted a seed of doubt Watch in her it. head in a previous issue. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that's no, in remember. a
6: previous issue of this. Like, but, yeah. And, 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 it was a while but,
3: back. That was the whole point of him to plant the seed to be like, what do you think happens when they're done with us? Yeah, the
6: the hardest Mm -hmm. part about this whole thing is that like obviously we've we've adored this Krakoa storyline for so Mm -hmm. long and there's been ups and downs of course and that it's ending is not necessarily a surprise but that it is ending in such a slapdash manner not even underwhelming like I like the idea of like mar like Rocco going to war with orchids like that is a let's do it let's do it fine Mm -hmm. right with superhero comics we don't know how to end stories without big you know fights fine whatever whatever right fine whatever but that it is happening so slapdash is the is the saddest part of this whole thing you know um and it's disappointing. It really is. And I think, I might they stick the landing? Maybe. I doubt it. You know, there's just so many threads and so many characters. And it's not being set up in a way that, you know,
0: <laughs>
6: speaks to a, a effective ending. Um, and even these Rise of X, Fall of X books are so spaced out. Like, I was trying to think, like, when yeah. did I read Rise of X number one? That must have been, like, six weeks ago at this point. Like, I don't even remember. Yeah, it was, like, around the holidays. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even remember, like, what was going on there. And it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. I like yeah. Dead X, Men. It was really
2: interesting. Yeah. But also, like, what the hell, man? Now, yeah. coming, from the out- coming from the outside, mm-hmm. my local stores are saying to me, people are dropping the books like flies i'm sure yeah because they can't they can't sort out what's going on and they so much loved he had so many extra subscriptions to the fall of x the house of x those books that people were back into the x-men and now they're just done and are willing to just they don't even care how it ends
0: It's not
6: leading anywhere
0: yeah. It's not
2: leading there anywhere. You go.
0: Yeah, and a it thing. feels
6: like it feels like we've said this every issue, but it feels like with with Jerry Duggan's books in particular. Mm-hmm. But like it feels like and Kira Gillen has the benefit of his book being kind of like in the future. Future, kind of. yeah. But but with Duggan's books in particular, it feels like there's a missing book mm-hmm. in a way that is Ooh. crazy because you have X Men, you have Fall of the House of X, and you have Iron Man. And yet somehow between those three books, it still feels like things are like surprising. Like, what is happening? Like, when did this thread happen? You know? He's the
4: main architect of the X books,
3: and it's still missing. Missing something. And to your point, um, and I've been thinking about this since you said it, there was such a massive amount of real estate that was wasted with all of those various miniseries. Like, the Realm of X never had to happen. There was Mm -hmm. no reason for it to happen. Yeah, Dark um, X Men, Alpha dark Flight, X-Men. Dark, dark X
6: Men. I, I love Dark X Men, but like, yeah. what? It that hasn't come back. It hasn't come Correct. back.
3: It and they're telling
4: they're telling that Cable story right now. That doesn't even need to be on the shelves.
3: Yeah, that Dark X Men story. With this. Yes, that Dark X Men story had nothing to has no influence mm-hmm. over whether or not turning the tides between Over Orcus it has that. I feel like all of those books. The objective of all Look. of those books should have at some point all come back to in some way impacting the final story, the final battle between Orcus and, yes. and Mutantum. But they
6: set didn't up they up the these, war, set yeah. up the war, yeah. well, set well, up the army, yeah, Shadow
4: Cat, yeah. Anything. Did you read Dead X Men? You read Dead X Men. Yeah, I read, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That kind
3: of they're looking for Mora. I mean yeah. at least that kind Love of them. but that's yeah, at the yeah. end of all the that's at the end of all those other miniseries having right. started and ended.
4: But I mean that, that could have been earlier, like yes. actually looking for yeah. a Moira engine. Yes. That could have made
6: suspense. Those miniseries were to open up uh My open wallet? Up time. No, open up our wallets, <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah. open up the publishing schedule so that they could finish these issues. Oh. Guaranteed. Does
2: the, the does Ms. Marvel fit into that in some? She's, She's the in same the X-Men. Thing but her, she's well, not doing anything. Yeah, she's she's not just doing, doing it anything. in the background. No. She's, she's over in college doing her. Yeah, she's but like, like well, everything
6: she, that happened in that series has yeah. had no impact on what's been happening here. Okay,
4: she was dead for a month. Well, Remember that. That whole
3: that was relationship
2: a story and everything. Yeah.
3: That whole relationship with Talon and Sink. I was just like, why is this happening here?
6: i am so sorry i love phil noto's work he is the worst artist oh, to have on x-men no, right now yes yeah not, the worst this is artist. not the place no phil yeah. noto is one of my no. absolute mm-hmm. favorite favorite right. artists and every and those x-men books are awful awful oh, he can
4: tell he can't tell
6: that quick storytelling no no, no. it's uh, his work is so decompressed and so wonderful it's like Mattia De right like mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. the 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 like that is not for the 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 scope of storytelling that you need to do in that X book right now to like keep things moving. Yeah. He cannot do, and he is not doing right. It is yeah. that was a crazy choice. Did the editor just leave? Is he like are coming in? I'm out. Like was it, was it Jordan White or was it Nick? Uh, Nick, what's his face?
4: Oh, it was Nick? Um... Whatever his name was, show No, no, no. That the art, that's the artist. That's the
6: artist on Wolverine in the X.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Spencer. Did, the,
6: did yeah. the editor just like leave? Like, did, was Tom brevor coming? Did he in show here, up like,
4: and Braveheart's just sitting in his desk. Like, this is mine now, kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's Get like, lost. all right, I
6: guess I'm out. So yeah. I don't
4: know. This
6: is gonna be be got, it. It's gonna be interesting.
4: It'll be, be a, interesting to
3: see where this goes because I don't know how they're gonna link up. It's just like you said, Jordan all those new Jordan White. There you go. Yeah, it's you know. just like you said, all of those loose ends. Like, where is Firestar? What's happening with that? But what it, I, it, it, it,
6: I, I don't think it's loose ends. I think it's like I think those things will be kind of wrapped or cut or whatever. I think it's the fact that like it's a, let's continue the metaphor. The loose ends will be tied off, but like the blanket is just going to have massive holes in it. Like I'm just like <laughs> fantastic storytelling that yep. like was implied but never told That's and. True. That's yeah. a real bummer. Like, they'll make the square, but the entire middle of it is missing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I just,
2: That's I, sad I, because, I, look, I've, I've dipped into some of these because of the passion you, you guys have, have shown for this. But for all those people who are out of the X-Men for, some in some cases, decades, who've rediscovered
0: uh-huh. how
2: great these stories could be through the Krakoa storyline and bringing back... All the subtext that the X Men had to had to offer, and are now getting this as a finale after five years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
2: I I'd be awfully aggravated beyond aggravated. I'd be really <laughs> steamed that you 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 roped me in in a good way to five years of stellar storytelling across how many platforms, how many creators, and we end with this. Ugh.
3: I will. What a betrayal! Yeah, I will say this I, for
2: anyone who has not
3: started any of the Krakoa stuff. If you have Marvel Limit, I would still I stand by everything I said oh, about no. those old issues. Absolutely, but those, are those stories
2: back. are awesome. Yeah, yes,
3: go back and read it. They are awesome. They are amazing, and they influence so much. Uh, but yeah, Just at this stop point, at
4: the Hellfire Gala three.
3: Don't read yeah. it. So Just far, stop we're not there. really enjoying how this is gonna. I mean. I uh, there's a I think there's a six percent chance that they pull something out of their asses and make a <laughs> an interesting end. It's but very specific, Eric. Uh, I yes, six point two four percent is what my calculations came <laughs> up with. Um, but I don't I don't I don't know. Um just it I I keep to your point about the editing, I can't help but think there is so much external influence because this has been such a well-crafted Series of stories. Even when we didn't love, apparently I set off my iPhone. Even when we didn't love some of the other world stuff, you know, all that stuff when that was happening at the time, there were still things happening in, like we didn't love Saturnine and all that stuff after Swords. Mm -hmm. There was still stuff happening in the rest of the universe that was still moving that story forward. We were still loving Red. We were still loving. You know all those other things. So there were still things moving the the Well, most of us were still loving red. Uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, but well, we were. They were still moving the story, whether it be the political side, the intrigues of it. You know, with X Force and even what was the other one that had um that had oh god uh, that Madeline came back and once again made havoc or bitch.
0: Oh. oh
4: no no um uh god mara no no
3: not marauders it was the other one
4: um the yeah, Marauders was a kitty book
3: yeah where um yeah. psylocke was because it had
4: nanny and orphan oh, or yes. oh, 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 yes, yes, oh yes 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 oh, oh,
6: oh, 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 oh um that
4: book was oh, awesome hellions, hellions. 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 Yes. hellions was
3: that was the fun one i liked that one. Yeah. that was great all those yes. stories were just so fun like I said, just kept making havoc her bitch in all a way, over, in okay.
6: a way. In a way that was fresh and new and exciting, yes. in a way that the X Men had not been for 10 mm-hmm. years. Yes. It's and so uh, it's just, a real bummer to see it go. Yeah.
3: I just wish I just Oh, God. Just do something. Make it all matter.
6: Yeah. But as John said, so, May, May 30th, I think every X book is off the stance. No more. Done. Yeah. With no re-release date. No no relaunch date. We're gonna go into which the I, dark the dark ages Which I'm again. assuming is gonna be like July or August
2: Deadpool. one or something. I don't know, I don't know, look, look look look, there's no there's no DC Justice League at this point. That's true. They've gone a year or so without a right. Justice yeah, League. Yeah, but
4: Deadpool yeah. comes out in July. I'm sure we'll start oh, seeing Okay. we'll see yeah. X stuff trickling out then.
0: Because anyway that
4: trailer's riddled with Easter eggs. Anyway x
3: corner
4: out out <laughs> 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 actually <laughs> actually aaron i had a question what yes. are the homo superior guys thinking of this oh you... they hate it okay well, no i'm <laughs> sorry i wouldn't say that
3: caitlin um, <laughs> uh is not happy with it i, okay. say that, but I yeah. don't know about everyone else um caitlin is not happy with the way we talked about a couple of things and he was not kind. But if you haven't, I would I would recommend you go check out their uh Yeah, I haven't listened Instagram. recently because yeah. their Instagram is
1: hysterical. I'm just sorry. <laughs> it really is. Uh before we get too far away from the X Talk, did anybody bother to check out that X Men ninety seven animated series trailer that came I, out? Yeah, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, looks cool. Oh, I still yeah, have to finish awesome.
6: my uh, I still have to finish watching the whole original.
3: And once again, Amazing. go check out the Homo Superior Instagram six- <laughs> for that as well. They had a, they had a little thing up there that was hysterical to me um, with Scott Summers.
2: Amazing! Hey, hey, hey! Don't uh, pick on Scott.
3: No, it's uh, no. It's very supportive. Scott, of Scott. was right. It's very okay. supportive. It's okay. uh, yeah. It's interesting.
1: All right, Bob, you're up. <laughs> well, look.
2: I know last week it was Valentine's Day and all, but since I'm not anyone's Valentine, I was in kind of a dark mood, so... You're
1: my Valentine. You're
2: my Valentine. Oh, thank you, thank you, Ooh. thank you. But uh, I re 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 watched My Bloody Valentine 3D from 2009, directed and co-written by Patrick Lucier, who also did Drive Angry, the Nicolas Cage movie. And it stars Jamie King, Jensen Ackles, Smith and the great Tom Atkins. This is a way underappreciated film, delivering lots of scares with masterful use of the 3D technology of the time. I saw it actually in a movie, and you jump back in your seats. But it also focuses on characterization, and there's a really cool who's doing it as opposed to who's done it element. Now for my money, this is one of the best sci-fi horror remakes ever. Uh, right up there with John Carpenter's The Thing, Cronenberg's The Fly, and The Sussex is <laughs> Rabbit, so check out... Hi! Hey, hey Bronwyn! A
1: wild Bronwyn <laughs>
2: appears. Yes. In in the wild, as as you say. So uh, check out my Bloody Valentine 3D. I think you got a kick out of it. Speaking of underappreciated, in Abbott 1979 number four by Seldon Ahmed, Sammy Cavella, Dan Jackson, Jim Campbell, Elena has a date in air quotes, down by the river, and
1: Down by the river, I
2: I was hoping for that,
1: and it's not not a happy affair. Whoopty freaking do Go ahead, Bob, sorry. It it
2: feels like we're ramping up to the final battle with the Umbra, the evil entity, looking to find a home in our reality, and based on the cliffhangers, it's about to get really personal for Elena. Still down the, the, this horror road, Blade number no. eight by Brian Hill, Elena Casagrande, KJ Diaz, and Corey Pettit it finds Blade building his army through another unlikely ally, in this case, Satan of the Devil's Daughter, who I always love seeing, and particularly here as rendered by uh, Ms. Casagrande. And there's a definite Shirley Manson from Garbage. Vibe and we talk about a clean room with uh Gail Simone back in the day. You with know, Satan's help, Eric, aka Blade, he goes to hell. But here is on a recruiting mission for next issue's final showdown. I'm loving Blade. It's been great moment one to hear, a lot of fun. Lastly, in Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver number one, Steve Orlando. Lorenzo Tometta, Frank William, and Ariana Mar. Wanda's received a letter from Magneto, and she believes that it's best to hide its contents from her twin brother, Pietro. And that sets off a huge argument and sends him running away right into the sights of this issue's villain. That classic character, he makes his way back to Wanda, who's already had a, Shall we say very bad day, and things go from bad to off the charts, awful. Four issue mini, but I gotta really tell you that I'm gonna want to see much more than that. What what Steve Orlando's done with Wanda has been has been amazing. Right there with James Robinson did a couple of years back, and I hope we're not reduced to four issue minis. I want more, and I'm done.
0: We,
6: I'm excited for Abbott. Every time it comes out, it's beautiful. Yes. It's cool. This issue really spooky. A couple of really kind of graphic panels too. I yes, was like, "Yeah." Um, one more issue, I think.
2: Right? Yep.
6: Yeah. So I'm excited for the the final confrontation, as you said.
1: I am yeah, also. That, oh, go ahead, Bob. You, you read Abbott? Me? No, no. I read Blade. Okay. Okay, well, now
2: Abbott more people should be reading. We'll go we we'll move on to Blade. I keep saying there about yeah. Abbott and please when the trade comes out
3: I'm jump catching on up.
2: Every, every one of these. What's that?
3: I'm catching up with Abbott. I actually finally okay. went back and read the first uh the first trade.
1: Yeah, I'm collecting it. I haven't uh haven't dipped in yet, but I am I have bought all the issues so far.
2: Uh so so much of this period, but it is creepy personal It'll rip your heart out. I'm just
1: saying. It sounds like
2: my bread and butter. There you go. So Blade, Steve, tell me about what you thought about Blade. I love
1: love (laughs) Blade. I've been been loving Blade ever since issue one. And I was so upset when I thought that it was only going to be a mini and we weren't going to get more. And then you all told me about the more solicits. Um, Satana is just... Such a great character, so much fun. I love seeing different artists' interpretations of hell and yeah. seeing, like, the wall of souls or the wall of bodies.
2: I'm just looking at that right now, yeah, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's just awesome. And I, I, had, um, I had three issues stored up to read of this to catch up, so I got to check out the one with Dracula, which oh, I thought was absolutely yeah. awesome. I love the dynamic between the two of them. I thought it was really good. Uh, the issue with Hulk, which was cool. The yeah, whole like-
2: in the, in the small town thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like the, the the duality of monster thing and the, you know, baiting them into the trap and everything I thought was really clever and well executed. Um, yeah, Blade has just been awesome since issue one. And it's, it's one of my like immediately read books when it comes out. It's one of the first things that I go to uh, every Wednesday that it hits the stands for sure. I like it a lot.
2: Anyone uh, check out Scarlet Witch? I,
3: I have did not
2: yet. Actually.
3: Okay. I did check it out. Um, I'm always I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't always love the dynamic between Pietro and Wanda. Uh so I didn't know what to expect. But I actually kind of like this. I I I was a little curious as where it was gonna go when Wanda had her little breakdown. Yeah, um, she did. She had her. You know. she, she
2: has problems. Our, our girl Wanda. Yeah. yeah.
3: He. He. You know. He can push her buttons. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was sort of proving the point that he was. She was making. You know. There. They had gotten to a good point. They got to a good place. But I think this issue pointed out that it's a a fragile. Tenuous, fragile state. Best, yes. Yeah. Basically, because you know. For all the things that he can do the one thing he can't do is not be a jerk exactly (laughs) and the one thing Wanda can't do is not do everything because she is just that powerful Um, Mm -hmm. and that came into play like you say all the things to me that you want to say but in the end you know you say all these lovely platitudes but in the end you are no matter how you slice it you're still terrified of me no matter what yeah. I do to atone and no matter what I do to, you know, to, to sort of essentially that's the best way to atone for the things that I've done in the past. Yeah. You're still terrified of me. And I notice it. I was just like, wow, that was a, that was a powerful line. That was a powerful
4: mm.
3: piece there. So I'm, I'm, that that's what I'll be honest with you of the entire issue. That's kind of what hooked me. I think it's time to let Marcy go. Whatever her name is. Darcy. 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 Darcy? I think it's time to let Darcy go. I, here's why I say that. Because I feel like now she's a third wheel. Um, in this sense. Well,
2: when she came into the book, it seemed like an add-on just because of maybe what if. Because she had a yeah. role in that. But then she had her own little storyline. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll wait to see what the second one is. I don't disagree, but I, I want to see where we're going, issue two, three, four.
3: Yeah. I think um, part of the reason why she was brought on as well is that why well, do you need someone to talk to?
2: Well, yeah, there's the, the storytelling aspect yeah, of it. Absolutely, the, yeah, she needs somebody. The story has to
3: happen. Um, but now you got this new dynamic. Um, and, yeah, I think... Actually, you want to what I really think would have been interesting is to... Um, what's the Magneto clone? Joseph. Joseph. To keep Ooh, was Joseph a, around. Is it
2: a couple issues? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that could have been. Yeah.
3: Because, and I think what made that interesting is that she was exercising all of her demons about Magneto without actually having Magneto there. And that conversation, those conversations between Sitting them I the thought rooftop. were... Yeah. yeah. Those conversations yeah. between them were special. And I thought maybe having him there... Would have been an interesting way of sort of getting that all worked out, but
2: you know, Steve knows what he's doing. He'll, he'll figure yeah, I it out. Yeah, tr- I trust in Steve Orlando.
3: Yeah, he'll figure it out. So that's that. Has
2: but and uh, has anyone seen my bloody Valentine in 3D or the 1981
1: original?
3: You could have just stopped. At, has anyone seen my bloody Valentine full stop? I, I saw I the spent, one with no. Jensen
1: Ackles years yeah, and... ago in theaters. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I mean it's not a, it's not like a, a go-to for me or anything, but it's certainly a lot of fun.
2: Oh, every every Valentine's Day I do that. And here's the thing, it it had a 14 million dollar budget and grossed a hundred million dollars. There you go. And seeing it in a theater with a a full crowd of Steve will know this up at the Stony Brook Theater in a big house with a thousand people. Who reacted and lurched backwards as things came off the screen because they did and they really did it well. You get a chance, check it out. Look, two D'll be fine, but if you can see it in three D, pull out your glasses, it'll be fun. <laughs>
1: nice. All right. <whistles> Who's left? It's <gasps> me.
0: Woo!
1: Um, yeah, I've got a lot of uh shameless self promotion this like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We love I it. do. Some I've had hype. I've been we love some hype. So part of the reason why I don't have a lot of books this week is because I have been super busy uh between Sundance and uh some interview coverage and review coverage. I've been getting a lot more uh work at uh the site, Joblo, and I had a couple of really amazing opportunities in the last little while. Um if anybody's looking forward to the Avatar The Last Airbender live action series coming to Netflix uh i can only tell you about the first episode but uh
0: it is <laughs> wink, wink
1: wink it is people absolutely i think people are really going to dig it i um my full review will be going live on the site uh this thursday afternoon so i'll be posting that be on the lookout for that um it's a long boy i go into a lot of detail about why I think that this live-action version of Avatar erases the uh, bad taste in everyone's mouths from the uh, Shyamalan version from uh, 2010. I um I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And uh, I'll have more to say on it next week once it's out and people can, can see it. Um, but all I'll tell you is this. Be excited for it. Be excited for it. Show up for it. Watch wow. it. I need a second and third season. I need them to do this entire story. I really appreciate some of the changes that have been made. I know some people are going to kind of balk at that. But I'm not the type of person who wants the same story but in live action. I, I want it to be different. And I think that some of the things that they've done to kind of Shore up a few things in the story are really cool and holy crap, does it look good? Um, extremely well acted, fantastic representations of characters. The kid that plays Zuko is wild, he is going to go places, he's so good. Um, yeah, so that was awesome. I got to interview uh the cast for Joe Blow. That wow. uh, interview went live today. I sat down with uh Paul. Uh, Son Young Lee. He is the father from Kim's Convenience. He was also in a couple of other things. Why can't I find it right now? Anyway, uh, Daniel Day Kim was also a part of that. And then what? the four kids that play uh, Aang and Sokka, Katara, and uh, Prince Zuko. Uh, just fabulous, fabulous people. Got to ask them some really awesome questions. And uh, I usually don't watch my interviews after they go live. I did watch this one today and I thought I did a really good job. And you'll get to see my office, so go and check oh, that out. Oh. Uh, what else did I do? I did. A, I did a review for Welcome Home Franklin, which is the new Peanuts film that's out on. Oh, that uh, just turned up on my finger. How is that? It's fantastic. It is fantastic. I have never received a screener from any studio that has looked this good on my monitor. The colors in this film are just amazing. It feels like an old school Peanuts special.
2: I was just going to ask that. Wow. That's perfect. It's, it's, it's 2d.
1: It's not CGI. It's not overdone. It looks like a minted version of those old, you know, cartoons and movies that you remember. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a feel good movie. It's a lot about friendship. It's a lot about acceptance. Uh, there's some cool like, uh, go-kart racing, soapbox racing type stuff in there. Uh, all the all the peanuts characters that you remember are there it's part of a series of of short films that they've been doing it's about 50 minutes long uh if okay. that and um it's great it's it's really great it takes a it takes a you know kind of a side character in the peanuts universe and elevates them to uh a status where they really do feel like a part of the core crew after this uh story it's very much about moving to a new town and making new friends uh, and just feeling really awkward about it, and not always being the most popular person in the room. Uh, I think kids are going to dig it, and I think people that are fans of the old uh, movies are really going to enjoy this. It's wonderful. That's, I've that's I've been amazing. a peanuts fan so for all, a long time. Yeah.
0: So where yeah, is Bob, this, uh, this, this is on Apple
1: TV Plus, okay. which you know I I don't have it, but thankfully you know
2: I'm I might have it. I'm just not going to say why. Oh, I might have to take a look for, for siphoning,
0: for huh? I have no, I, I I know nothing.
2: I know nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome, <laughs> good stuff. Um, yeah, so that's Avatar. I um, I got to watch the Marvels on Valentine's Day with oh, uh, with Ronwin, and I got had to she tell seen you,
2: has she seen it before?
1: Yes, yes, we saw it together oh, okay, okay. in the theater. Okay, as much as I loved that movie when we saw it in the theater. I enjoyed it like tenfold when we yes. watched it on Valentine's yes. Day. There's some like when I'm watching the Marvel movies, like the doing the review podcast, Madam Web was easy. Doing the other movies is sometimes hard for me. Like I I don't absorb everything the first watch, and especially when we go to see these Marvel movies in the theater, I'm so busy looking for everything that I'm kind of missing a lot of the little things. And a lot of like the small humor in this movie. And for me, this movie is a lot of small things that make for a bigger, greater movie. It is so unbelievably funny. Iman Valani is an absolute treasure. She owns this film. Uh, It's honestly like if I had to make if I had to make my Marvel list, it would definitely crack my top ten uh and, and probably be very high up on that list. I I I loved it. Like I, I've seen it before, but it felt like I was watching it for the first time the other night. Um uh, I highly recommend that everybody go and check it out. Uh if you didn't bother to see it in theaters or whatever. Um one of one of Marvel's best, I think.
2: Yeah. I just picked up the Blu-ray, which was sort of a trek around here during a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh because stores that said they had it didn't. I watched it just last night with Nia DaCosta's commentary track.
0: Ah, nice. So if you
2: get the Blu-ray, you can listen to the commentary. It's pretty amazing about how she felt about the characters and what they needed to be. But just what you're saying, Steve, I've seen it, I don't know, six or seven times at this point. Every time there's some little bit between these characters, it's a little bit of business between the three of them it's a line and uh, i'm not gonna spoil any of them people should discover for themselves because not enough people paid to see this in the movies yep it is it is definitely in my top 10 it might be in my top five
1: wow that's awesome yeah yeah highly highly enjoyable great energy just a great movie uh I also got to watch Dune part one again. Ooh. First time since the theaters. I don't have too much to say about it other than like visually that movie is a feast. I I cannot wait to see part two. Uh yeah, I whatever. Dune, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Uh comic books. Comic books, comic books, comic books. All right, John, Transformers. Transformers. Oh. Here we go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I <laughs> John's face is we, we, we oh,
2: he, he wants to hear how this is gonna go.
1: I owe you an apology. Whoa! Because last time when I talked about all the books that you brought to the table, I read I read Duke, which I really enjoyed. I read Cobra Commander, which I thought was pretty good. I'm I'm hoping that that one picks up. It was it wasn't as good as, as Duke, in my opinion. Um you and just really, really
4: enjoyed the last page of Duke.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, I love the integration. I love, I love the yeah. idea, like they're crossing over. I love reading Transformers and seeing that moment that he's talking about mm-hmm. when he sees them for the first time. Um, but anyway, I owe you an apology because I came onto the show while you weren't here and I said that Transformers number one didn't get me. And maybe it didn't. But then I read Transformers number two. Uh Transformers number two was awesome. And then three was awesome. And then four was awesome. And I am, yeah, in five, two, (laughs) I am hooked.
0: Yeah, you are. On this
1: line. God damn you. How about the end of five? Uh, Uh. It's really fun. I like, I look, the villains are. They're, they're evil like, they're, they're nasty evil. they're doing some some stuff man i was i was a little taken aback by some of the like the villain related violence i was like wow you're really just gonna squish those humans Yep. yep. but um but that's
4: what they would do they wouldn't care yeah. yeah
1: but what did it for me i think and maybe this might have even been in the first issue but the thing that really got me was uh when optimus prime steps on the deer
4: No, that's issue two. That's issue two? Okay. Okay. So
1: that was, that was the moment when he's, he, he realizes his mistake and the damage he's done. And that was where the Daniel Warren Johnson do a power bomb murder falcony kind Mm -hmm. of tone started to come into the transformers world. And I was like, Oh, this is what John was talking about. And from there, it just, it, it keeps that energy and keeps going, and it's really exciting. Um, I just, I didn't, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know. Like, I was like, did yeah. I waste my money on this? Am I just not that big into Transformers? It's great. I yeah. so there you go. I'm, I'm all in. Me, it's a couple. all your. Fault. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
4: glad you liked it.
1: I really did. I really. No, did. I
4: listened last week, and I was like, I, I think you'll get it. You'll get there I look,
1: I I really enjoyed Duke. Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna buy the the new issue comes out this week. I'm totally gonna go yeah. and check it out. Cobra um,
4: is a lot. I mean Cobra Law is a, it's a tough sell.
1: Yeah, it just it didn't like it was fun, yeah. but it just didn't it just didn't have it like the other ones uh ended up having it. But I I, I I'm gonna keep going. I it.
4: think I like Cobra Law. I like the reveal of who's at Cobra Law yeah. because I read Transformers first and I was like wondering where they were. Yeah. Okay, sorry. The, the,
1: inter- the interconnectedness of the books is is really what's keeping me going. Uh last but not least, and then we're gonna get out of here, is uh a new book coming onto the shelves this week, I believe. Uh I got this one from the review folder. This is called The Six Fingers, number one. Uh this is written by Dan Waters, art by Summit Kumar, and letters by Lee Lowridge. So this is the synopsis from Image.com. Uh Neo Novina, archaeology student Johannes Vale, has always been so very in control of his life, but when he commits a brutal murder using the M.O. of a historic and notorious serial killer, everything begins to spiral out of control, primarily as Johannes doesn't remember doing it. What follows oh. is a deadly cat and mouse game. Uh, as Johannes seeks refuge in the rain-soaked streets of Neo Novena, He will stop at nothing to unravel the secrets and ciphers of what he did and why he did it. But each revelation only leads further into the dark heart of the future Metropolis and Johannes' own uh, heartbroken soul. Wow, that is a lot of what this Mm -hmm. book is about. They spoiled quite a bit.
2: Um, Okay, so Memento crossed with Blade Runner and... uh... A little sounds bit. Sounds like I'm in.
1: A little bit, like in in art, I could see it's got a little bit. Um, help me out, John. Who's the guy that does? Uh, well, Sean Gordon Murphy. John, yeah, yeah. It's got oh. a it's got a little bit of Sean Gordon Murphy, uh, vibe to it. Um, but it is. I read I so I read the Six Fingers and the Cabinet back to back. So I got like a double dose of comic book weirdness uh this afternoon and uh it's interesting i'm going to i'm going to keep going with it the guy's like he works in a, a place where uh battery acid leakage or like like radioactive chemicals are being stored and there's a leak in uh one of the chambers and he puts on a suit and goes swimming in it And this is, like, the third time Uh, that he's done this, and he's got radiation poisoning.
0: And so
1: the radiation poisoning, I think, is contributing to his blackouts when he assumes this other identity and is going around uh, doing these killings. And they're quite elaborate. They're, like, Hannibal levels of, like, arts and crafts killings type of things that when you find the bodies, they're, like stacked in such a way that you could tell this person really took their time to put everything on display um, it's truly bizarre it's not as colorful as the cabinet but it is just as weird I would say is so it? if you're in the mood for something off the wall uh, I'm going to give it another few issues it's only five but I'm going to check out uh, the six fingers uh, next time and see if it uh, continues to go well uh, but that's it for me. Yep. Um, I don't need any questions. Let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to <laughs> this week. Uh, Bob, what do you pick it up?
2: Well, not Catwoman sixty two. I am off that because of the series of awful covers. Ah. But I am looking forward to Jay Garrick Flash number five, World's Finest twenty four. Sort of looking forward to two gang war books, Luke Cage and Spider-Woman, both number fours. Captain Marvel 5 and a number one from Dynamite Elvira meets H.P. Lovecraft. Come on.
1: Mm, Nice.
2: (laughs) Gotta see how that plays out.
1: That's it for me. All right, Uh, Aaron, what do you got?
3: Let's see. I I finally read Ultimate Spider-Man number one, so I I guess I'll read Ultimate Spider-Man number two now. World's Finest uh superman uh, i guess i'll read x force 49 because i want to see what's going on with that blue bastard um (laughs) and we got uh x rise of the powers of x and then we got uh there was one other but oh uh green lantern uh war journal which is still really 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 good and i think that probably oh century century number three then that's it oh
0: nice
1: all right uh joey
6: you picking anything up? Most of what everyone said: Captain Marvel, Rise of Powers, X Force, uh, Nightwing, One Eleven, and Mech Cadets
1: Number Six is coming out this week. I wonder if I looked at the wrong date for books. John, what do you got?
4: Uh, World's Finest Twenty Four, Batman One Forty Four, Nightwing One Eleven, Superman Eleven, uh, Tenement Number Nine, Cobra Commander Two, GI Joe Three Hundred Four. Daredevil 6, Gods 5, Rise of the Power of X2, and Ultimate Spider-Man 2.
1: Is that G.I. Joe book a part of all the other stuff nope. that we're reading? Nope. Nope.
4: Nope. Okay. That's that's the classic that started that's the original like Marvel series. Don't have to read it.
1: Okay. Uh for me, uh, I I'm a, a month behind because I use the the DC app.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um Ultimate Spider-Man number two is my most anticipated book for this week. Uh Cobra Commander number two and despite the uh, the app or whatever I'm going to go and buy John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America number two Ooh. and go and check out one and two back to back Uh that's that Cy, Cy Spurrier joint looking forward to that and that's it for oh. me and for us and uh for this podcast we're going to get out of here Uh thank you very much to jeremy for joining us this week go and check out his new book with megan and um yeah does anybody have any other closing statements they want to say before we read the stuff uh-uh. nope. nope all right joey it's good to have you back glad your show is going well yeah
3: man it was awesome excited to be and, back here uh
1: madam webb <laughs> don't do madam it. Madam
0: webb go see it, it. Go see it. Don't don't go see it. Friends, don't
3: let
4: friends go see Madam. (laughs)
0: Okay. And all of your enemies.
1: Just say no. Uh, I can't believe they called him Ceiling Guy the whole time. (laughs) I can't believe a lot of things about that movie. There you go. Uh, I hope the spiders were worth it, Mom. There you go. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or your questions. Email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com Bob, where can our listeners find you?
2: The old-fashioned email. Bob Breyer at talkingcomicbooks.com
1: Joey?
6: Um, I I don't know. Reach out, I guess.
2: Aaron? (laughs) Okay, Diana Ross. Yeah, okay.
3: (laughs) At AJMS70
1: on in
2: Instagram,
3: John. Um. Oh crap! I forgot my email. Um.
4: Talking you have a comics, new one. John. I know. Talking comics, John. at Gmail. Will somebody please send John an email yeah, to make sure yeah, that this yeah. is nobody, real and it doesn't just bounce has. back to you.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. Um. There's a no prize for whoever sends me an email first. Yeah.
2: Ooh. 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 Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> All um, right. Typing as we speak. I am at dead underscore anchorus online. Please go and check out uh, some of my coverage for Avatar The Last Airbender and Welcome Home Franklin and a couple of other things. Go and check out Avatar when it drops later this week. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Mm -hmm. I think it's fabulous. And I am a diehard fan of that series. Uh, I hope that you enjoy it. Send us your thoughts. Let us know. Let us know if you're pissed at me because I waste your time. Um, That's going to do it. Thank you all so much for listening until next time on the talking comics podcast to be continued. Joey, hold on a second. What was that thing that you said? Something about spiders, mom?
6: Oh, what the fuck did she say? She says, uh, I hope the spiders were worth it, mom. Here, I'm putting a link in the uh, chat for you. My (laughs) other favorite one is when she goes... How would you know if you could climb walls if you've never? Tried? Oh my god, that was!
0: <laughs> oh my
6: god, I can't believe we forgot that one.
2: Yes, I did. That <laughs> they was really a thought,
6: They really thought that that was gonna fucking. And then she like slams herself to the wall. Oh, here it is. Hope this it's the first. Lo- it's the first one on that link. Hope the spiders were worth it, mom. She yeah. doesn't even say "I." She says, "Hope the spiders were worth it, mom."
1: Mm. God your heart starts back up again you're fine <laughs>
6: oh my god just
3: twice
1: oh.
2: twice she goes, the girls how, would know, your how would you I know how would you know
6: if you could climb a wall if
5: you've never tried
2: i tried it right after i left the movie theater it didn't work
5: Ugh.